have no idea how to do an intro for this one. Where they should be. Well, and no. we're opinionated. <laughs> and it doesn't matter who we are. It's true. Just know that we're opinionated. I mean, if you're just listening to our Fast and Furious retrospective podcast, that's a little odd, I think. I feel like you probably should go back and listen to each of the individual ones before you get here. Maybe? I don't know. Am I wrong there? I don't know. Maybe this is a good point to jump in. I mean, I jumped in on the last on the you last mi- Fast and Furious. You might get some uh, some interesting highlights to pick out from, from listening to this episode. So, you know, yeah. see which ones I was most frothy in my hatred towards. <laughs> what, oh, how does frothiness, like, what, that can <laughs> be like a good thing if you're drinking mouth? a cup of coffee, like, you know? I was thinking like rabbit dog frothing. Frothy, oh, frothing. Yeah. Fro- I heard frothy and I thought of like frothy monkey. Oh, fair. Yeah. I was, <laughs> I was like, I like frothy monkey. <laughs> I would not want to encounter a frothy monkey. That's though. true. That's a very, that's a very big distinction to make. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm a filmmaker, I guess. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I, I have a car. I'm a filmmaker and I own one car. <laughs> well, uh, your name is Chris, by the way. I'm, I'm Chris. I'm Chris. Um, <laughs> I'm a filmmaker and I have a car and I'm opinionated. I'm Rick Fox. I uh, am an aspiring author and I am a wet blanket on this entire series. <laughs> and we are joined by... I am Joseph Binge. I am an action movie aficionado and I am disappointed in Rick. <laughs> aficionado? That's a big word. Is, is it a self-given title? Is that like yeah. A, is that like course. an Italian okay, dish right. or something? Yes, it is. Okay. Oh, right. I'm Josh Birch, and I didn't know we were recording yet. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Level's good. <laughs> All right. So, uh... We're we, still opinionated. We are still opinionated. This is so, just beautiful. Opinionated. So, so, what do we want to talk about first in relation to I don't to know this? anymore. <laughs> I think, I think Josh, I think you had a good idea on, on where to start with this. Well, I, I'd love to start with just kind of... We each gave our own reviews to the movie, to each of these movies after watching them. But for a lot of us, that was without the context of the other movies. So we, where we may have rated one particularly low, it might actually not be that low in comparison with the other movies that we've seen now. So what I'd like us to do is to go back uh, and just kind of remember all the movies we've seen and put them in order. (laughs) From best to worst. I think that's an excellent idea. I, yes, I, I Rick, well. remember all of them uh, I can in their Rick, entirety. Rick, do, do you want to start us off and sure, we'll go to. around? Um, I think unlike the vast majority of uh, Fast and Furious watchers, um, my favorite was the third movie. I, I really enjoyed that one. I remember actually distinctly liking the main character, and despite his his strange accent. But you know, overall, I really actually enjoyed that movie. Like legitimately, if the rest of the movies felt more like that one, I probably would be a fan of the series. Um, any retorts to that? <laughs> I know why that don't you just keep going? Why don't you just keep going? My second favorite was the first one. Um, that that one I felt like was was all right in comparison with the rest. I don't know. Remember what I rated it at the time, but having I will now say seen all of them. Going back and listening to that one, hearing you say that your second favorite was the first one is truly astounding. It's, oh, it's, your exact it's words a, at one far, point, I think, were change. how could you say anything good about this terrible, <laughs> terrible crap? Okay, let's put let's put this in perspective. I'm pretty sure I rated three pretty middle of the road, not super high, not super low, yeah. but I'm just saying like it's it's not exactly a compliment that it is number two on this series. I mean, it's ahead of some stuff that tripped right after the starting line. Like, it's... Ugh. Anyway, so my third favorite was six, and I literally had to ask Binge beforehand which one was six and which one was five. So that should tell you something about that. Uh, my next... The next one, uh, my fourth, is seven, 
which was all right. Like I said, I, I think in the in the podcast itself, I said middle of the road, and this is the direct middle of of my ratings right now. Right. Well, if I remember correctly, you were a particular fan of the uh, jumping from building to building uh, scene. I was which... so bored by that point. <laughs> um, <laughs> How can so, you be bored? Oddly enough, my fifth place is number five, which was atrocious. It was terrible. I did not like that. Fast movie. Five was your fifth place. One? Yeah, Wrong. Kind, kind of. Not like it's, it's both that, amazing mm, and horrible at the that, same is time. Is that incorrect? <laughs> In, in relation to what I said at the time, or I just love that it's the fifth place. I'm, and I'm it's pretty fast okay. Let me, let me make sure. That's all I'm right. saying. Yeah. Right now. Let me make sure I'm for correct. second on your actual ratings. Let me you have it tied for second. Well, then finish. Let him finish. <laughs> yeah. Let me. Uh, that was the one with the. That's the one uh, with the giant safe. Yeah. Okay. I didn't like that one. Uh, <laughs> at, at least from where I'm sitting and remembering them back, I did not like that better than any of the ones that I've yeah, listed no. so far. Go ahead. Um, sixth place was number four, which was really really bad like that movie <laughs> was incredibly bad but the absolute worst was number two it was terrible in that it was completely unmemorable on all levels at least the others i had a degree of fun hating but that one was just dull so yeah so uh do we want to check and see how that that matches up with my my order at the time yeah or? let's general josh would you notice any trends is he mostly right well, uh, how would you review him out of five out of five Ricks? How many Ricks did Rick earn? Wow, I'm very different from from the chart. I'm well, I, I tell you what, I'll go I'll go down the list and read how Rick actually rated them during the podcast for each of these movies. In first place, he has Tokyo Drift, which matches up what he just said. Yeah, sounds uh, right so far. Second place, he put Furious Seven. Okay, real wait, Fur- we're talking in just in terms of ranking, right? Yes, yeah. the, what okay, you rated I want to point out that time. I gave Furious 7 a 2. That is the second highest rating <laughs> I gave. second, true. <laughs> However, that was tied, so you have a tie for second place between okay. 7 and 5. <laughs> <laughs> 2, okay. Sounds like a safe bet. Yep. All right, all right. Um, no one. In fourth place, uh, tied for fourth place, actually, you have Fast 6. <laughs> As well as The Fast and the Furious, which is the first movie. So you have the first movie and the sixth movie tied for third place. All right. Still sitting at one and a half at this point, I believe, right? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we and have then another tie. We have another tie at one out of five rankings between the fast uh, between fast and furious which is the fourth movie and too fast too furious. <laughs> okay. Well, which to- which to be fair, like you're not all wrong because <laughs> well, it's also the fact that what I'm what I'm doing at this point is not what I normally do or attempt to do during the podcast. During the podcast, I'm attempting to uh, be as objective about it and give it a, a rating based on how well it worked. Like a, a more it's not I'm doing the exact opposite of what you do, Josh, which is, as I understand it, what you do is you always rank it based on the enjoyment you had during the film. Right. And I, I, I feel that I feel that that film that art is subjective definitely uh and that ranking systems are or rating systems specifically numerical ratings are inherently flawed i'd agree with that Uh, and because because of that a lot of people will often say well i'm going to try and be as completely objective as possible right um but I, i take a different approach to that because i feel that it's very subjective i want to give you my subjective opinion on it right yeah my 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 opinion and review should always end at 
is this something I recommend you watch or is it not? Right. Because well, then you, <laughs> all of these are at zero. Because <laughs> then you get to form your own opinions on it. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, to, so. For, so what I'm what I'm attempting to do in, in relation to that is I'm trying to look at like how well the pieces of the movie work, how well it all fits together, what how well the characters are acted, how well I feel, that kind of thing. I'm not so much looking at the directorial side of things the mm-hmm. way Chris would because I'm not very well versed in that side of things. I'm not going to notice particular flair with that unless it's just amazing and then i might notice subtly and be like hey chris was this movie particularly good in that and then he might or might not agree with me so it's it's kind of that situation my retort Um, would be is that you you probably notice it but you don't right i wouldn't (laughs) feel comfortable like pointing out and be like hey this thing was really really good like this particular camera angle was really interesting for these reasons i would want to be like okay so i noticed this thing does this line up with your your greater knowledge of that craft well a lot of people would say that like for example, like uh, people when the Dark Knight came out, right? Yeah. And everyone was like, oh, it's so good. A lot of people are saying it's because Heath Ledger's a perfect Joker and that's it. Or people would say, oh, it's because the story's super good and that's it. And what a lot of people don't take into account is that there was a really strong storyteller putting all those pieces together. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to quantitatively look at that unless you are versed in it to be able to say this is how he did it. That so what sense. you default to is the things you're more familiar with, which right. is, you know, we were all read books as kids probably and we understand some basic story structure so it's easy for us to say this is a good story or wow i've never seen someone pull off a role like this right uh, heath ledger did a great job as the joker but it's easy to ignore something where it's almost entirely behind the camera it's a face you never see so yeah i would sense. say that you probably do notice it but i would also say that everyone notices it and it's just hard to tell and sometimes i you know i'm not 100 on that either so i mean you did like these movies so there's that um anyway uh, but um it never ends it never you know ends. I, I it's never gonna end uh we hope we're so. gonna we're we gonna come so. back to this 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 series before too long join us um, next summer for yeah. the fast and the oh, furious God. series <laughs> I, i'm i'm literally dreading that day right now like my future summer is is worse because it will contain fast and furious movies but it's gonna um, be uh one last ride lies so, this so time to, to for sure to, to get <laughs> right. back to the ratings you you mentioned that you could try and come at it from a uh from a almost a critical analysis right yeah viewpoint. and i think that um i don't know that i would change any of my ratings right now um like as far as numerically because i i don't remember the specifics of one all that great um i probably would put it higher now that i've seen how low it can get but uh you know i i still i I don't know if that would be the case um so i I more or less stand by my original ratings and i stand by what i said uh in far as far as ranking them now because i'm mostly going by how much i enjoyed them and i feel like that's a very different thing for me than how i would give a numerical rating um if only i could show you if you only guys could see uh, the gone girl podcast that we uh, recorded at one point before we had good mics, you would see how different my feelings and I my ratings can we be. We just gotta do it again. No, <laughs> I will. I will not watch. I, that movie I do again. it gladly. I thought it was a great time. I will not recommend it for the whole family. Was it a good podcast? I don't know. It was a great podcast. Oh, I feel like we. I feel like it should be recorded I, I again. I honestly then. don't know that we could recreate the fiery hatred that I felt upon stealing that movie. Like it was. Ugh. 
Anyway, so uh, I was light and fluffy on the on the Fast and Furious <laughs> podcast in comparison with my my hate for that movie. <laughs> you, you've bo- you've described yourself as both light and fluffy while reviewing these, and also frothy. <laughs> like I'm very coffee related. Yeah, <laughs> I was to say is like, are you which like hungry I, right now? Which coffee is also a thing that I hate, so it fits. I'm very zero calorie on this franchise. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, who wants to go next? Benj, uh, why, don't, why don't you just tell us now how you'd rate them and, and we'll follow along with your actual review scores to see how they stack up. Well, I would go ahead and start off with, uh, I, I really enjoyed Fast Five. I thought that was the best one. Are you serious? Most people do. It is yeah, the highest serious? rated one around Tomatoes. Yeah, really? Yeah. 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 That one. Yeah. yeah. Well, Rick, the safe. Rick, most people oh. enjoy fun movies. Yeah. Ugh. Some people are able to take, you know, time out hey, of their own brain whoa, whoa, whoa. to enjoy like, a stupid movie. I like Commando by with Arnold Schwarzenegger. No one that's agrees with that. as dumb as that that's movie. That's the difference. I love Commando. <laughs> Commando's great. Exactly. Wait, that's you where hate I would... Commando, Chris? Wait a minute. Oh, I'm thinking of Soldier. What's oh. Commando? Is that the Arnold Schwarzenegger one? Yeah, yes. with, with okay. the young Alyssa Milano. I literally haven't seen that movie. I was you're going of, to hate it. Cool I was thinking off. of the Kurt you're going Russell to be, movie. You're going to be like I was during Fast and Furious. You're going to hate it and we're going to enjoy it and it will be glorious. Yeah, that'll be fun. We really need to do an Arnold Schwarzenegger month at some point. Absolutely. Awesome. awesome. I love cheesy action puns. Me too. So I'm anyway. just trying to think if there's a month to begin. Oh, we can do Manly March and uh, <laughs> or, or, or Arnold August. <laughs> Arnold August. Oh, that's a whole or other April. year. <laughs> or or watch what we want November. Oh, ah. uh, <laughs> rolls off the tongue. <laughs> anyway, um, and then I would rate my, the second movie: um, Tokyo Drift, The Fast and the Furious. Fast Six, Fast Seven, uh, Fast Four, and Too Fast, Too Furious. I know that I did not get the titles correct, but that's how I would rate them: is five, three, one, six, seven, four, two. Well, I'm glad to see that you brought three so far up because, as I recall at the beginning of this, you were very, very down on three. Yeah, I, I brought up uh, Tokyo Drift like up in my ratings because I realized that it is now a better movie than most of the other ones. Like there actually is. Um, I think a legitimate <laughs> plot in it. Um, a lot of r- the reason why I rated it so low coming into this is because I couldn't connect with the main character mm-hmm. just because of his accent. Like ah. his accent was so thick it is that it thick. took me out of the movie because I was like, there's no way like th- it seems fake. And I know that we have discussed like that is his actual voice and I'm sorry. <laughs> it but still it astounds just, me to this day that that is his voice. <laughs> yeah. And so, so I, I kind of knocked it because of that, but like being able to watch it again now and have a more objective opinion and not like say write a movie off because the main character sounds funny. Um, I was able to, you know, rate it much higher than I had before. It's also weird because it's such a standalone entry in the franchise. Whereas like there's at the point of it coming out, there's like no connecting threads. There was, yeah, there was nothing. There's nothing to really look there and say, Oh, like this is, you know, this character from that place it's it's very strange. It felt like a straight to DVD release as a result, mm-hmm. and I feel like just by the nature of it being franchised, it's really hard to give it a lot of good graces because it's like, oh, this but is the other wh- one. Why is this a Fast and the Furious movie other than there are cars in it? And mm-hmm. that's also another hurdle to get over. Um, I'm with you though. I found Lucas Black to be. It's not just the accent. I feel like that's probably most of it, honestly, yeah. but he's also just not very charming in general to me. It is yeah. interesting to me how different your opinion of a movie can be uh, when you go into it to try and look at it critically. Because I've noticed that a lot of times 
times with a lot of movies, I will have a very different opinion of it if I'm attempting to look at it with a with the the podcast in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you guys have experienced the same thing. But oh, absolutely. Oh, we've experienced you doing that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so much, so much, Rick. I mean, when did I? Did I initially think I was going to like Fast and Furious? Or? No, you did not. Okay. I, oh, what, to be but fair, you have, there were some where you thought you were going to hate it and ended up liking it more than you did. And by liking it more than you did, <laughs> you hated it less than you thought you were going exactly. to. Exactly. <laughs> I, I went into most of these thinking Potato I would potata. give it a, a half a point or a zero, but I didn't do that at once, so I'm proud of myself. There you go. <laughs> we're proud of you too, Rick. Oh, family. Oh, family. <laughs> All right, Josh, how about you go next? All right. Or uh, I can go next since you've got the paper, whichever I, you prefer. I can go next. We can just All keep right. wrapping it around. Right. Um, if you guys want to check me as I go along to see how I stack up. Um, number one, I'd put Fast Five. Uh, in second place, I'd put Fast One. In third place, I'd put Fast Six. In fourth place, I'd put Fast Three. In fifth place, I'd put Fast Seven. And then in sixth place, I'd put Fast 4 and obviously Too Fast, Too Furious. Fast 2 is the worst movie of this franchise. (laughs) I think that's the only one that you were the same on. Well, I think you switched um, the Fast and Furious and Fast 5. Were they the same rating, though? Because yeah. I think they made yeah, they were oh, the same okay. Yeah, they were the same rating. So it and kind then, of was like a tie for second, then a tie for fourth. Yeah, yeah but you, and then you switched, yeah, uh, Fast 6 and Fast 7. Uh, Actually, if you if you look at the ones that are ties and flip them around, I hit it exactly on the head. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, oh, nice. Okay, okay. yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, what I was going to say. And, that, and I, although I wrote out these ratings, I did not, like, cheat and figure out a way of putting them Right, yeah. Together. Like, mm-hmm. those are honestly how I'd rate them. And that makes sense because watch them. I mean, I mean, that makes sense with the way that you, like, as we talked about before, the way that you, you come at this. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Like, I, I, and you brought up, like, how could you, how could you possibly like Fast Five as your I favorite just, one? I just don't get it. It's just, it's, I mean, I think I mentioned in the podcast for Fast Five, but that's the one that got me into the series. Like, that's the one where I was like, okay, I, I enjoyed this movie. I want to watch more of it. Like I watched it multiple times. I saw it in theaters. It was just, it was, I guess it is in my third place in terms of how high I rated it. So I wonder if you're remembering something else about it. Which is still tied with second place. I just remember hating it. I'm thinking mostly of the end and I do remember specifically really hating the end. You really hated the end because Hobbs lets uh, Dom. Wait, was that the one with the stupid like thing in the middle where they're like, we got to drift around this corner real fast and that never matters? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Rick, in case you're wondering, that was all also your most hated moment of that podcast oh like when you had to pick God. a worse scene you uh, picked the training montage <laughs> okay. of them so drifting. in in like i have listened to the gone back and listened to these podcasts at various points and i that is one specific point at which i remember getting angry at you guys again while <laughs> listening to the podcast that happened several <laughs> times throughout the series oh, but boy. man oh i mm. I still don't know why you hated it that much. Yeah, it's it's totally it a, makes sense within the context of the story. It is a blatant waste of time in a long ass movie. It and makes I sense did within the context it. of the film. We are not doing this conversation again. <laughs> That's the conversation. whole point. <laughs> this is uh, actually just an fun, intervention. Right? Well, well, we but can bring, bring the banner in. <laughs> we are going to talk about our our favorite it's and least favorite scenes. We can we yes. can rehash that at that we'll point. We'll get to that after we wrap up the ratings. So, anything else you want to say before we move to Chris? No, I mean, it, it, anything that I would say would kind of echo the the thoughts that 
you guys have already had. I, you know, you less less <laughs> so, Rick. However, right. you, you do have some good points about um, specifically two and four being the worst ones in the series. Like, man, I mean, those are honestly yeah. just unwatchable. They, I, like, I, yeah, not like I as enjoy much movies, as I'm, I enjoy movies that are bad <laughs> to the point they're funny. I think like uh, I've gone to see the room multiple times in theaters oh, just because it's entertaining. It's, that is fun to watch like, with people. There's they're, no they're, way these are on that level. They, no, they're, not way. even close. Absolutely no, no way. Well, no way. Not don't even do not that. Even Have close. you seen the room? Not even close. <laughs> not even okay, close. Okay, okay, okay. If, we, if we're talking on my normal objective scale where I'm rating it numerically, the room is probably a zero. Yeah, but I do enjoy. I enjoyed watching that movie with a crowd more than I watched all of these movies. If you took all the enjoyment I had from every Fast and Furious movie and combined it together, it is not equal to that one experience. Oh, absolutely. No, no, I yeah, still absolutely. agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is a movie that you're supposed to watch in a theater with a bunch of other people making fun of the movie the whole time. Right. These are were not necessarily designed for that, or at least don't have that kind all, of... Well, not All of that to say yeah. that two and four are not even at that level of get drunk with your friends and watch this movie. Yeah. These yeah. are just bad. That, yeah. Don't watch them for any reason two and four specifically man if only four had been the actual death of the series Ugh. anyway chris why don't we uh, move to you yeah cool. let's go to your rating i'm gonna chris. flip this paper upside down even though i i'm not gonna lie uh it's the font so small i can't even figure out what my ratings <laughs> are anyway so just trust me i hope that i am going in blind and accurately here uh, i'm gonna do the same thing you guys did which is just sort of go based off of memory of which ones i liked the most um, which is also going to be challenging because this series kind of has challenged my ability to view a film objectively because <laughs> yeah, I just sort of, got, <laughs> at one point I just jump on board and I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> There's, I've got to be honest. There is a certain amount of respect I've lost for your opinion on movies because of this series. Oh, because I can put my snootiness aside <laughs> yes. and watch oh, movies the same way you watch. Uh, yes. <laughs> Yeah. What was that? I don't Shots even know what fired. that is. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. like to think that I can separate the two, and I, I'm not sure that you can anymore. <laughs> what? I just <laughs> proved that I can. Anyway, let's continue on. <laughs> well, Rick, it's, it's hard to review a movie well with your head shoved up your ass. <laughs> oh! The smell is better in there than it is when I'm watching these movies. <laughs> what? Shut. How does that even work? Like pungently? Like pungently? How do you smell? Like, movies. are you saying the movies smell? Yes. Oh, because they stink. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think you were missing yeah. that word. Like you, you should. Have, it I, was implied. Chris. Mm, 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 well, <laughs> you put them together. Chris, uh, I rate that joke lower what, than what fast too. Are two. your ratings? <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Chris, Chris ratings. ratings. Okay. Okay. Um, the one I enjoyed the most was uh, mm, I think it was probably Fast Emerson Furious Six uh, because purely because I really enjoyed the last two uh, climaxes, but right behind that would probably be the Fast and the Furious because that was for the purpose of the whole movie the experience i think i liked the most but i'll still put six first uh and then fast and the fast and the furious as my second pick my third pick i think i'll make fast five um that was kind of close to the same reason as the fast and the furious i enjoyed the ride throughout um fourth this is where it's going to get a little hard uh the fourth pick i think i'll make that one tokyo drift um third pick will make fifth fifth pick <laughs> <laughs> You're, uh, you still have seven fast oh, and furious, uh, furious and fast seven two. will be the next one okay um and then you have four and two yes uh this is harder than i thought it would be i think that um <laughs> 
Next will be four and last will be two. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's so actually. So how close was I? You Pretty got close. spot on. Yeah, not, you got not, a spot on. Well, not quite. He well, did. The, he put the, the ones that he switched were tied. No, actually six was below both, um, both, uh, Furious and oh, am, am I looking at the wrong? You're I was looking at the wrong, wrong one. Yeah, you're yep. sorry. No, okay. you're All right. What makes it hard, I think, is um, is Furious Seven actually because mm-hmm. Furious Seven has so many super high points, like some of the best moments in the whole series, and it also has some of the most like boring points Absolutely. and some of the most like ludicrous. Like I don't get ah, why ludicrous. we're jumping so far. The most boring, except for two. <laughs> I will put two, any moment in seven yes. above. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> two. two, everything in two was boring. Like there was nothing <laughs> just, not boring about two. Yeah, it was. It was Oh my god! <laughs> I can't even like. You could not pay me to watch two again. That was literally horrible. the worst. Oh Ugh. man! So next thing we're going to do is yeah. we are going to go through each of the movies and pick out some of the highlights and some of the, I guess, low lights. The drags. <laughs> the drag. <laughs> the drags. The things um, that made Rick saddest. <laughs> Sad is not what I felt it, during these movies. Oh, severe depression. That's a part of it. (laughs) (laughs) So let's start with the first one, the fast and the furious. So one of our big high points was definitely the climactic drag race between Brian and Dom. Even now, like it's been a couple months since we watched that, but I still think that was a a pretty decent high point of the entire series. Honestly, it really is like a good like culmination for like everything that's going to be set forward. It's like these people are from different worlds or different people, but they also have this like middle ground, which is going to sort of glue them together and yeah. I don't think that was in any way their intention when they made the first movie. But it's yeah. a good it's a good thing can, that they stuck to that going I, forward. I don't think they continued it well through the other movies. Yeah. No, but, I, I really liked how they like going forward, I guess in the fourth movie, they kind of bring those two back together again based off of that scene at the end of the first movie. He's technically think, sent off that way. You yeah. Know? In a, in a yeah. very real way, yeah, I agree. But well, I think and the it's issue something for they me, reference through, throughout the rest of the series, both with the you still owe me the ten second car, like he makes yeah. that joke a couple more times and like you said they throughout the series they're constantly racing against each other although the stakes aren't nearly the same they're not the same and never again is paul walker even considered an equal to dom i don't think like there's never a scene where you think he might beat him in a race except for maybe the first opening of i think it was four when they were or five when they were racing to to the the baby but there's never a point again where you feel like those two are equals i think I don't know. It's true, but I think that that kind of echoes a shift in their dynamic where now they're like brothers, which, which, as I understand, is how those actors were in real life as well. Well, yeah, but it goes from a dynamic of brothers like we're, we're brothers and it's sort of a, usually an equal thing to Dom is very much the big older brother and uh, Brian is the, yeah. the little brother. brother. And right. it's, it's, it's a different thing than they were presenting in the first movie is all. True. And, and I agree well, with that. I, I, think, I think that that, that is how you see him. It is an older brother, younger brother relationship. And that's not just shown in the race scenes. Like you see that in the action scenes and yeah. everything else. Like I, I just Dom is it, the big brother of the whole crew. I, to, to preview a thought that I will ha- I will echo when we talk about where the series should go in the future. I wish that, that, that dynamic had stayed. I think that would have improved the, the series greatly for me to have an equal to Dom who is very much on his side and takes things in a different direction. I think that okay. would have where really I would, helped things a lot. Where I would agree with you is that Paul doesn't ever execute a very clearly defined skill, which no one else is um, better at than him. 
And I think if he had something like that, that Dom needed, it probably would have been a little stronger. Right. I think, I think it would be interesting if Dom was always the most powerful of the two. Maybe his car is always a little faster, but, uh, um, Brian turns out to be more skilled. Like he can do the drifting and that kind of thing a little better than Dom. Um, but that, that would be a personal thing that I would think would greatly help serve to improve the entire series. Uh, and I honestly think that this may be the best climax for me, at least of the entire series. I think it's really well set up through the entire, um, the entire, uh, movie. And then also on top of that, it tells you something about both of these characters and their relationship drastically changes by the end of it. I think it's all really surprisingly well put together all in all. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I do like how it almost seems like, I guess you can take the, the number, uh, too Fast and Furious and Tokyo Drift, but it seems like when Brian hands over his keys, it also is Paul Walker is handing over like lead man status to Vin Diesel. Very much. And it kind of, yeah. Because in the fourth movie, it kind of shifts. They're a little bit. It's a little more bit more balanced, but more it's balanced, not very but it, balanced. But it shifts more to Vin Diesel. Very much so. All right, so what was the dregs of, of one? I, I legitimately don't remember the scene that you guys picked. Um, the, it, for me, honestly, it it was just they they included scenes that just dragged the movie out and for me the for all right all right calm down for me the biggest offender in this movie specifically was when they're sneaking through johnny trans warehouse looking for uh i think it's stolen tvs and radios or something was johnny tran johnny tran was the antagonist of the first movie really the ba- yeah uh, he was he's the, from like oh the, asian dude yep. yes okay okay gotcha gotcha right, all right yeah. cool uh I think I think I may have said it on this pod on the podcast for this movie, but I think they could have done a much better job of establishing them as being villainous. Well, I don't think in the first movie they really were the villains like they no, were the, a antagonist, but I don't I feel like the kind of the movie that the way it was set up was the real problem was Brian's attraction to this crime family and the fact that they were actually the ones that he was after. Th- that's fine. Maybe There's I not a clear maybe I villain, say I villain. Maybe I'll say danger. Like yeah. they, they were the they were the threat. Yeah. To these people. I remember them being pretty threatening, actually. I mean, they do kill they someone. Confront, I mean, yeah, yeah. And they blow up their cars. Like, they meet them in the parking lot with machine guns. Like, it's a pretty, like... They, they meet them in the in the parking lot with machine guns and then, like, shoot up a fence. No, they shoot up their no, cars. No, they shoot up the car. And they have to, like, walk home. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. a big maybe, moment. Maybe I'm remembering it wrong. All I know is that this, this isn't any of those scenes. Right. This is just them sneaking around in a warehouse. Oh, and right, it yeah. just it just dragged the movie out. I thought there were better <laughs> ways they could have developed those characters. It did Fair exist exclu- exclusively for the purpose of like Paul Walker encountering a challenge where the gang is sort of like, you know, suspicious of him now because they mm-hmm. found him sneaking around and they don't know why he's sneaking around. Right. Yeah. And and also it's like, oh, hey, these bad guys that we said were bad earlier. See, they're still really bad. And mm-hmm. like that whole. Yeah, that's fair. Beating up on the yeah. one guy. So like, it just was unnecessary. Yeah. But uh, I think it says a lot that I'm not actually remembering the lowest low of this movie. And I can't actually think of a very particularly low moment in that movie. I didn't like it, but I, I, I'm not remembering a particularly heinous moment the way I do with some of the other later I think ones. our average review was like three on this movie. Like we, in general, three of like us it was gave it a four favorable. out of five. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty Rick favorable. Rick was the lowest. Oh, the one and a half. Dragging down that average. <laughs> I mean, someone Rick gotta. is the outlier of this. That's what I'm picking up. All right. So, uh, moving so on to too fast, too furious, oh, too dull to watch. Um, so, uh, our scene for the best was 
What was it? It's, it can't be something. Oh, Roman eating a sandwich. Oh, that I'm was hungry. Pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, uh, that's literally the only uh, thing I can remember. Oh, wait, Eva Mendes was in this one. Yes. yes okay. Yes. Yeah. That was, startlingly, <laughs> that was not the best part of this movie, though. <laughs> the best part of the movie was Roman eating a sandwich. <laughs> That should tell you something about this movie. This movie is hot trash. You know, it needs to be avoided. I, I really wish that uh, Roman had been a higher high point than he for for the later movies than he was to me. I feel like he gets to be too much of a joke at points, and I wish that he had taken on more of the face role where he's sometimes a bit of the butt monkey, but at the same time he's also sometimes actually really really helpful. That I think would be more interesting because um, if you take a character like uh, Archer from Archer, um, interesting thing to me about him is that he's extremely competent at his job but he's a complete buffoon about other things and so it really gets you on his side in a way that if he's you know was just bumbling about and completely wrecking things wouldn't and i wish that they did something similar with roman where yeah he screws up sometimes or yeah he's a goofball but he's actually really good at something and that's why people bring him on these incredibly dangerous jobs as opposed to just he's part of their family and he's one of their friends. Right. Mm-hmm. So why are you dragging someone who's in your family and friend into a situation where he could die and several of your other friends have died? <laughs> that's, think, that's sort of my point. Well, they sort of start out that movie implying that he's like going to be like the baddest of all of the asses because well, he's in this demolition derby and he yeah. comes out and he immediately starts fighting Brian. Yeah, because he's got to take the place of Dom since Dom wasn't in that movie. I guess like, yeah, that could have been what they were going for. And then they just sort of make him the funny guy, which in, you know, retrospect, that is like the charm he exudes best on screen. Yeah, but it's they, it sort of leaves him in a weird place where he doesn't have those skills, but it also also opens doors for some really funny comedic bits later, right, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in that regard, where he's always getting that worst toy, like toy, worst uh, ploy? I don't know. I think I'm having a Worst stroke. joke of the movie, usually? Job? Uh, something. Yeah, he is always getting <laughs> the worst job, or he's completely inconsequential to the job. Yes. Right. I, I know words. I'm a professional <laughs> at speaking. I have the best words. <laughs> I have the best words. You, so you know that's what, how it what's is. The, what's the is. worst scene of this terrible, terrible movie? All of it. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, that is fair. Like, I, I legitimately can't yeah. remember anything else from this movie. The rest of the movie is the worst part of the movie. But if we're p- trying to narrow it down to a single point, I think it has to be the scene where Brian, who's supposed to be this super awesome racer, just does the impossible and just like in the mid of a tense, supposed to be tense scene, spins his car around backwards and continues to race in order to show off for Roman, but flick him the bird. Was this the movie where I was pretty sure they were at one point in a relationship together? And yeah. It, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> there, there, there were underlying themes of homoeroticism. I retroactively put this movie higher. It was so funny. <laughs> that was uh, really fun to me, Rick. just to see how uncomfortable I could make you guys during the movie. <laughs> they did bicker like an old married couple. And I kind of wish that had carried forward. I, I, I wish that we had seen some of Roman's, I guess, jealousy towards the fact that uh, Dom was now his best friend. Like, mm-hmm. just something to make his character a little more dynamic and interesting, I think, would have been really right. helped him a lot. A- yeah. a- as much as we love to crap on this movie, like, Roman's character is, like, legitimately entertaining within this film. Definitely. I think he, he is probably the high point of the movie. Yeah. Um, I think to 
what you, all you guys have to say is like, but he is both funny um, and he also actually has character behind him. Yeah. Throughout this movie, which we lose the all the character going forward whenever he shows back up in the later movies and all we get is the shtick. Yeah, I agree um, with that. Definitely. And I think that that is a detriment to his character going forward. But I think we all agree that he was pretty much the high point of this movie. And I guess his interaction and his character with Brian was, was the high point. Yeah, definitely. All right. So on to three, um, the scene where, Oh, okay. So this is actually for me, the dramatic high point of the entire series. I think this was Mm. the best dramatic scene that I can easily think of. Like you guys might come up with something a little better, but I genuinely thought that this, this particular scene where DK, DK cries in front of his uncle, uh, after, or does he, he cries after his uncle's visit, right? His uncle comes to visit him and is and essentially tells him, Hey, your friend's stealing money from us. And DK says, ah, it's no big deal. I'll talk to him. And he, and his uncle says, no, it is a big deal. You're doing your job poorly. Don't make me step in and take care of this for you. And, it, and yeah. DK ends up just kind of like breaking down a little bit, which is different from the character that we've seen of him from the rest of the movie. And it's definitely the different from the movie, every other villain in the series. He's been this hard ass who's been causing trouble for everybody. Yeah, and it's very different from every other villain in the series. There's not a single other villain, I would say, that's at all sympathetic, except for Shaw. And even Shaw is sympathetic only because we understand where he's coming from with wanting vengeance for his brother. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that this guy has easily the most heart as a villain. And for me, best dramatic... Oh, for me, best dramatic scene of the entire series. I mean... I certainly would put it within like top top 10 material like scenes in across seven movies. Uh, to me, it's far from the best, best dramatic specifically only talking dr- like dramatics, like relationship scenes between Dom and Letty. Don't touch this at all. Now, I think the ending of Furious seven that, totally blows us out of the water. Wait, you mean the, the saying goodbye to Paul Walker? Yeah, scene? that that's different, though. That's that, that's I got, would that's agree. Got, that is different. That's kind of out of. The well, movie if we're almost. going to look at it as like, how much did we enjoy it? How much did we get a response from it? You that's know, not that's not what I'm talking about better. specifically, though. I'm talking talking specifically about the quality of the acting, the quality of the writing of the scene, that kind of thing. And to me, the final scene with Paul Walker's goodbye, none of that is acting. Those are actual people actually saying goodbye to their friend. That's fair enough. That that to me isn't a quote unquote dramatic scene because to me it's not a scene. It's, it's it's not Dom and Letty. It's Michelle Rodriguez and Vin Diesel saying goodbye to a close friend. Uh, Well, on those same merits though, like there's just so few of those, like just one-on-one talky talky. No, there are not. There are so many. Every movie has some kind of relationship where they have to try and draw this dramatic tension of of that kind of thing i mean i really liked the fight in fast ampersand furious between paul and uh vin dom uh when he learns that like paul knew that uh, mixing up the names and the characters Uh, (laughs) paul and vin diesel's characters when vin diesel's character knew that paul walker like knew that letty was alive and I think even though it's a fist fight, I think that works really well as a dramatic action That's fair. scene. I, I could I can understand wh- I can understand parts of the reasons why you might put that up there. There's, yeah. there's things about but that scene. But do you see what I'm saying? Like it feels weighted just because there's so few. I'm looking at you across the table and now I'm crying <laughs> scenes. And on that scale, of well, course, that's one of the best ones. Well, but, I, I'm know. not putting it like that kind of scene. I'm just saying in th- these movies are full of attempts to do drama. 
every single one has something about it, whether it's Letty's amnesia, whether it's the relationship between drama between uh, Brian and Dom or Brian and Mia. Every movie has something where they're attempting something similar. This is the only one that I would say succeeds in a exceptional way. This scene deserved a better movie as far as I'm concerned. Mm. I would also say like the diner scene in Fast and Percent Furious was pretty good between Paul and Mia. When Mia actually calls out Paul on his crap. Um, I don't even remember that scene. I mean, I, I remember the scene you're talking about, and I would, I would agree that that is a really good scene. Um, I wouldn't put but, it above this one, though. But really? I, yeah. I personally, I, I think would. this is at top five, if not, like, it's it's within the top five for me. And to be fair, you were much more uh, on board with those scenes than I was throughout the entire series, so it makes sense that yeah, you would remember yes. a lot more of them. And I, I still like this scene as a lot, too. I almost put this as my favorite scene in this movie as well. Mm-hmm. So. I, I almost did as well, but for me, it still isn't as gut punching as the final the race where han finally where han ends up dying see i would say from a dramatic level even that is like better and that's why i chose that i think did i choose this as my favorite scene the the race scene i I think so it's it's definitely mine for this movie And, and and while i'll agree that dk having the confrontation with his uncle is up there i would still put this one above it the the just the scene as a whole is just really well done from from the choreography of the race itself to just kind of the weight behind our favorite character in this film right now being dead and it's not over like this he wasn't the protagonist, but yeah, yeah, yeah I, I can see but where he you're was coming so from. I, would, I was rooting for. I would con- I would honestly put this in a different category of just an action scene that has dramatic elements, but it mainly an action scene. But, but that's, that's a I'm personal saying, opinion. Yeah. Is that like it's a very slim margin if you're not going to include action scenes that have narrative heft? Because I mean, because if you do include those, there are other options, and I think that even in this movie, there are other options, and that's one of them. Because that I, scene's I, amazing. I honestly think that might be my favorite race scene in the series i love that race it's incredible see i guess to me it's it's the difference between where the focus is to me the focus of that scene is the action and the drama of it enhances that action in a way that very very few if any of the scenes in the rest of the series have but the focus is on the action to me the focus of that weather scene is on the drama and there are scenes where it's specifically the focus is on the drama but i will say that i understand completely where you're coming from and why you wouldn't uh, be looking at it the same way that makes perfect sense to me yeah yeah and i think i think what you're trying to get at is that that is your best dialogue driven dramatic scene whereas the race where han dies is more action yes scene. absolutely and and, and it's based off of what is happening, not what is being said. Yeah. Um, I think is the, I guess, the divide between. But if you, if you divide say. it into categories that's simple, that mm-hmm. means that that scene's also competing with like the end of Fast Five, which mm-hmm. I think is great for completely what's different the, reasons. That, even though Fast Five? Sorry. It's just the, the, cha- the safe going through no, the city. No, no. no there's there no dramatic element scene. there. There's that's no drama saying. included. Then that's why this scene is better than those because the dramatic no. elements of this scene make it infinitely better than that bullshit. They're not. You can't put them in the same category just because they both have action elements. I can do whatever what? I want. No, 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 I'm no, making these up as I go it, along. I, I mean, I think this has more drama in it. Obviously, uh, the, the race. The ha- this race has more drama in it um, than. I would say what happens at the end of Fast Five. There, uh, is, obviously. there, is, there is no and, drama and in that. And that's why I would say but, that it's a superior but, scene in all ways. Mm. Because even if the action was 
a lesser caliber on its own, the dramatic, the dramatics of it elevated above other scenes. I think that an action scene can be in its own way heightened and held above other scenes mm-hmm. in spite of the fact that it's not connected heavily to drama and character development. It could just be a very well composed, very engaging very immersive action sequence. And that could make it as good as a drama scene would, or an action and drama scene. Well, I think what, what, what are you talking about? Like the scene at the end of fast five as your, as your example of that type of scene? Yeah. Cause it's very well composed. It's, and also like the ending of fast five, the payoff is really bad Awful. because it, it doesn't really matter. Cause Paul Walker isn't safe from anything. But in the moment when Vin Diesel radios, Paul Walker's character, he's like, you're going to be father. Now you can't go in here. Like that had me sort of like feeling those same chills. And I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, is this gonna, this could go somewhere crazy. See, I'm, but I'm it's the still, exact opposite because those dramatics, like you said, don't pay off and don't really fit what's going but I'm on talking it, about it, in it, the moment. It, let me finish Chris, because those moments don't work with that. It lowers the scene instead of, elevating it the way good drama does because the drama fails the scene is dragged down for me which i i prefaced with that saying that the payoff wasn't there but in the moment it still like really works and for i you. still am really into it for you though that's what i'm trying to say I, but I'm you're not, saying if it doesn't have drama in it it can't be a good action scene. i'm not saying that chris i'm saying that a scene with drama can enhance any action scene and i feel that there is no action scene that is purely action that can meet a scene that has both action that is elevated by drama i that's not what i was hearing you say i was hearing you say that because it has drama it's better and i'm saying that that's not always the case i I would agree with that there are definitely cases in which having drama is a detriment rather than a plus but yeah i think we're on the same page now yay you guys, you Maybe guys we're improving up. our <laughs> communication skills through through repeated bashing our heads against <laughs> each other. And we're not even halfway through. So that was our favorite scene. What was our least favorite scene from this movie? <laughs> oh gosh, the what entire like beginning, uh, like I, the the beginning race with the which job. Which are we on now? I I did not like the main character of this movie. I. Rated this movie fairly high because I think it's it's well done, and I really liked Han's character as well as a number of scenes in it. But tag gum, Sean the hillbilly voice. Is I mean, just, I, he, he grates on me. I I can understand that, but, but I genuinely think that if you get past his voice, he has more character and more character arc than anyone else in this series. At least in the course of one movie, I would agree that he yeah. has an arc within the course of this one movie that's more substantial than most of the other movies. But I would also say that he has. Mo- I would say that he has very little charisma and. Because because of that, it's really hard to ride that uh, those coattails. And right. I can understand. Like, oh. I, I can say someone's a good character and a, a better person at the end of a film, and still find them incredibly annoying. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, On paper, I would say he is a better protagonist. Yeah. But in, in execution, I, no way. No. I can mm. understand that. Like his accent is a unfortunate huge detriment, and I, I really think that if they had had the same performance, somehow Sans ac- uh, accent. They, they, this movie would be much more fondly remembered. I think a lot of people can't get past that accent and tune out immediately because right. of it. Well, for me, and for me, the worst example of all this is at the very beginning when we're mm-hmm. first introduced to his character at the high school, and he and a jock end up getting into a fight that they decide to resolve through uh, street racing. Yeah. Oh, and there's the damn. 
Native American mascot. <laughs> oh gosh, I forgot about that. that was so there are weird. so many elements of this this scene that just did not gel for you. Guys. Oh man! And it's then amazing. at the end of that race, like his mom has to come flirt him out of the <laughs> out police of station. Yeah, yeah, by flirting with the sheriff. Wow. Like uh, it's just it's just a whole. The mess. entire first fifteen minutes of that movie is just terrible. So let's move on to Fast and Furious. Um, oh, or Fast ampersand, ampersand Furious. furious. Um, so our, our favorite scene was, was it really the beginning truck scene? I, I really enjoyed it. I I thought it was really good. The CG ruins it. I think it's a complicated favorite scene because the CG does definitely bring it down. Okay. But at the same time, it really establishes that like, this is going to be a balls to the wall, like thrill ride or at least that's what it's going for and i think it was capitalized best by the intro scene if you're going to do everything's computer generated like it came out of a playstation one game then this was the the, the direction to take because I, if I you're going to do it this is the best execution yeah. you yeah. could probably hope and, for. and i think if, if i remember correctly like it was just the last bit of yeah, that it's scene when, that it's was when that tanker truck is like when the smashing is, down yeah. you know blowing up and rolling down the hill like yeah, a lot that, of it is it was practical. All practical. Yeah. yeah. And I thought it was really good and I enjoyed it and it got you like it pull immediately pulls you into the movie. That's fair. But that final moment was so bad for me. It ruined mm-hmm. the rest of the scene, for like both in execution because of the the um, the, CGI. the CGI, but also just the ridiculousness of itself. I I never really could get back on board with this movie. I think or these movies after this point, because I never could wrap my head around how these like low level VCR themes became like international spies and all the rest of it. Like it just, I couldn't reconcile it with where this series began. And so it never worked for me. For me, it, the only like heinous moment in regards to like the production value there was like the cars driving through the tunnels. Cause that was like, so hard. It was just like a bunch of brown. It was like a giant brown wind tunnel. Like that's all it was the whole time. Anything that was happening. It It was ridiculously bad. Yeah. There were still Um, some good moments in it, but like as a whole, it was really bad. Is that our worst scene for this movie? Not, not even close. The worst scene in this movie, hands down was the Sherlock moment. Oh, that was this movie. Goes and somehow psychically senses the way that Letty crashed and died. Another turn, even though she didn't die. Another turn point of the series where Dom becomes an invincible superhero with like just who never fails at anything he attempts to do. Well, paper, this that sounds movie, like a this is the first point. movie where he like yeah. got shot and then just kind of shrugged it off oh, too. Yeah, oh, that was amazing. Yeah, he just takes one. <laughs> You're right. It was amazing. Like, I'm amazed they actually went went with that. That's uh, it's, it's the storytelling from this movie on took a hard hit. Like well, it you, just became about okay, how big can we make this and how you know awesome can we make it? And to me, that like I was talking about earlier with the the part about the dramatics to me that is a huge detriment if you're just trying to show me crazy quote-unquote awesome things i need i need something more than that i need believability to it and i never got that back i feel like in the scripting phase the way they pitched it and they're like all right we reworked toretto a little bit get this white luke cage is it Luke Cage? Is the he guy the, from Daredevil? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's close enough, yeah. Because, um, like, he totally does just, like, he should die so much in this movie in particular. No. And he totally does it. And it's kind of the best and worst thing about it in a yeah. lot of ways. It's definitely the worst. Um, no, the worst well, is still him Sherlocking Letty's death. Well, that's, I mean, that goes along with it. it. Yeah, it's superpowers. the superpowers. Uh, yeah, 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 I mean, that's, like, the one thing that in this movie that they kick off for the rest of the movies where it's just like, okay, well, we just have to 
Michael Bay this series up yeah. is essentially what they did is yeah. like, okay, we have to have bigger races, bigger explosions, bigger everything. And I mean, like as an action movie, that's what you want. Like a lot of people want to see is get stuff to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, but, uh, through yeah. all these seven podcasts, it's definitely not what Rick wanted. And I mean, I think even with you guys' scores, like it hasn't vastly improved. You guys put movies, other movies ahead of these movies. Like well, these are very middle of the road for all of us, I think, right? Wasn't yeah, that true? I was actually surprised looking back at my ratings at how many threes I ended up giving out. And mm-hmm. I certainly, I mean, I feel like three isn't a bad score. It's, slightly it's middle average, of the road, yeah. you know, it's like, but that's it's like what a, I'd we, give we a sci-fi a original movie if it has a decent plot. You know what I mean? Like that's I mean, certainly that's, not. That is good. honestly the level of quality that I see here. Like oh, legitimately, like I the the action scenes are above that. I will I will one hundred percent grant that. But the rest of it drags it down so much to like to me that it, it is I get the same amount of enjoyment of watching this as I get from watching a bad sci fi movie. I think that well I'll get into my general response when we get to the end. But I mean it's not too far off there, unfortunately. Yeah. But anyway. Um, did we cover four enough? Yeah. Yeah, we covered. Fast Five, my favorite. Um, it was a really good one. It was a really good one. One of the things I loved about this movie was the introduction of Hobbs's character, or of The Rock's character, Hobbs. I, th- uh. I think he's definitely a beneficial addition to the series. And, and I mean, you like to bring up that, uh, that Dom, Vin Diesel's character, is this invincible... Superman. Superman. Which is still Ooh, true, but watching him <laughs> and Hobbs, Hobbs go at it, go is, at it is great. Is fantastic, and awesome. it's the first villain. It's the first Hobbs isn't a villain, but it's the first character that we've seen go toe to toe with Vin Diesel, and it's been believable. We're like, yeah, yeah, The Rock could absolutely go toe to toe with Vin Diesel and win like easily. Off the top of my head, this is my third favorite action scene of the entire series. Oh um, yeah, it was a really good. It's, one. Really, it's good. really good. It does have certain detriments. I don't like action scenes where it's just two big muscly guys punching each other and nothing is happening to either one. But it does do that particular thing very very well. So despite mm-hmm. my dislike for that particular part of it, they they actually do a pretty good job with it. I do think it's funny how uh, Dom is losing until he sees his family in danger, and then his his family <laughs> Hulk powers erupt out of him, and he starts winning the fight. Yeah, I mean to be honest, you would, would you like not to want Toretto to be the leader of your family clan no. if he He's has that asshole. ability to protect you? No, no if, if you I don't need that much protection, a, Rick, if you're <laughs> going into a fight. Oh yeah, with your family. Good. He would be your he'd be your first round draft pick. He'd would, be number one. No, would you rather Derek, pick your dad? Derek or? Thornton would be my number one draft pick. Vin Diesel would be a second. We should have a <laughs> fantasy familia throwdown. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I draft Toretto. Uh, I'm going to bid for uh, Superman. Uh, mine. Superman. Uh-huh. I win. Uh, is John McClane still <laughs> on the table? Yeah. Oh God, I, I I'm now fantasizing about Superman throwing Dom Toretto into the sun. I'll trade you John McClane <sighs> for your Tony Stark. I'm giving you a deal. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> okay, you're okay, anyway, done? Sorry. Rick, yeah. Rick, Rick, uh, put where it away. I? Okay. Rick, put it away. Put it away. <laughs> Get it off the table. I don't even know why that does it for you at all. It's weird. Don't judge me. <laughs> I think uh, the worst scene, or at least what you hated most, um, was the okay. training montage. I still don't get why you hate Okay, this the, is the thing. I still like, don't get why you hate this There one. is no reason for it to be here. This is a long movie. That was one of all of our complaints. And this is a scene that you could 
in writing cut completely out because it serves no actual purpose to the story. No one gets good character development. There aren't any particularly awesome action scenes involved with it. It's a long piece of work that ultimately ends up meaning nothing for the end of this series of this movie and never comes back. I feel like I'm trying to think of like a different example in this series of something that feels that way to me. But my immediate knee jerk reaction is that even if it doesn't have a payoff, I still enjoy it in the moment because I think it's fun to watch. I think it's fun to watch them explore, you know, the, That's fair, but the headquarters. Dis- it's fun for them to try drifting. It's fun sure. for them to try to overcome those challenges. And it, you're right. It doesn't have a payoff because they get new information and that information yields what they've currently learned to be completely worthless. Well, that's and a, that's a short-term payoff. It does have a payoff later on. What? Specific, well, because apparently in this mythos, Dom is the only one who knows how to drift at this point. No, and they all do. They all drift in that scene. That's the training no, the, montage. No, they are learning to They're drift. They're learning. Yeah, and then later on, the he point. and Brian have to drift all around carrying this safe That's not him. the same thing. That's not, no. a, that's not a payoff. Right. They aren't even the best ones at drifting in that scene. You, this is the you, thing. you were disappointed because the plan that they were trying to execute didn't end up being the plan at the end of the movie and, and didn't end up mattering. Yeah. Like that. But what Josh is, I think getting at is there were elements of what they were training for that didn't intentionally like, you know, they didn't intentionally go for, but did matter. And I think you were going to get to something. He, he tried to, and I shot him down. Um, this is the thing. Like you could write around this. There's no reason for this to be the way that it is. You could write a way that they somehow encounter a change in character through these scenes. And that would be enough for me. You could write it such that these, these, uh, abilities that they all get in learning to drift don't, they aren't, they don't matter to get around this, this camera thing, but they matter somehow in the final climax. And I don't buy that. That, that is what happens. It's offensive to me as a writer that they included this. Like, it's just, it's bad writing and it's a waste of my time in an incredibly drawn out movie. Well, I mean, I think uh, uh, a scene from a different movie that is kind of parallel, I don't know what your opinion is on the Italian job, but throughout that movie, the entire first part of that movie, they are doing training montages and getting everything ready so that they can do a job. That job changes... And then they have to do like they have to steal yes. the gold at the end of that movie. It does, but, but it also <clears throat> sho- it it showcases all of those characters' skills, which all of those skills come back later in the movie. And also, we get a, an important character change in the the thing that happens at the end. I don't know if we're trying to not spoil a like ten year old movie or not, but there is a big character change at the end of that heist, which is what causes things to change. So that's the difference there. But all the training yeah. montage and all that stuff is pointless it's not what po- you say it's not but, but rick pointed out that like the each of the characters got to use their abilities and i think that's a big sticking point here mm-hmm. in that not all of the characters who brought something to the table got to use what they were brought to the table for having said that you know i i still just kind of liked it i still I, I, enjoyed fair. it if and you enjoy fine. it in the moment but, that's one thing but i'm just saying like from a structure point of view this is very very poorly done i, I, and, I hear and what honestly, you're saying and honestly listening to you explain it now it makes a lot more sense why you dislike it i think in the it moment i'm not incredibly angry <laughs> when you're not frothing yeah yeah no listening to the way that you're explaining it now yeah it, it makes sense why you wouldn't you wouldn't like this and why you say that it's why it doesn't work like it, it makes a lot more sense now and and i agree with you on a number of your points <laughs> i should try to be to be more in control of my emotions during the pod. no i shouldn't i should just be as loud as possible and then the recap explain myself it is legitimately more entertaining <laughs> 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 All right, so let's let's move on from there. Um, what are we at now? Six. 
I believe. What well, did we do? Was that the least favorite scene that we just did? Yeah. I mean, yeah. For a lot of us, I think it was our favorite. So. Yeah, but I think a low point and a high point. So. Yeah. Right. So six. Uh, oh man, the best scene All in right. six. The tank. The oh tank. my gosh, so good. I've already said everything I need to say about the tank. If you haven't listened to the podcast, you need to listen to the podcast. You do need to the listen tank to the explodes podcast. out of a truck, and it's incredible. It's, yes. And it's there's really nothing else to really awesome. talk about. It's awesome. You said it was awesome in the podcast. It, it is very well very well filmed. But I just I don't understand your over the top enjoyment of this particular moment. It's cool, and I haven't seen it before, but it's not super amazing, and it's not something I've like never seen anything pop out of a truck before. I feel like for me, I haven't. Okay. <laughs> just Rick, 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 Rick. I'm gonna stop. Explode out of, out, of out, of out of a truck. Explode out of a truck. Drive out of a truck. Shoots out of a truck, and it's freaking awesome. It's so big. It's- I, to be fair, a big part of my distaste for the scene may be the way it ends, which. Oh no, good that's awesome Lord. too. That's awesome too. Oh, it's Dong awesome. launched across. Here's Superman. Oh, so good. Here's the thing. When I was pitched that we need to watch this series, not just by you guys, but by various other Fast and Furious fans, what a lot of people have told me is like, you won't believe what they try to convince you can happen in this movie. <laughs> and you also won't believe the fact that you start to buy it. And <laughs> one of those is accurate. And up until, you know, five, that wasn't like happening for me yet. And five, it started to happen because the, I mean, the, the whole like ball and chain at the end of the car, like as a chest or whatever being used to destroy everyone who's chasing them that was kind of the start of it but the tank was the first time i was like oh man they're finally doing the thing i was sold for i've sat through five movies waiting for something this ridiculous and cartoonish to happen and then it ends with something even more cartoonish and ridiculous which is like him actually flying through the air as superman would and catching a damsel in distress as superman did in superman one and i thoroughly enjoyed it for that reason i thoroughly enjoyed it for just the whole pulpy like action he should have been a pulp at the end of that scene <laughs> ah! like i just i can't that's un- not as clever but as you Rick. thought it was i no, can't it understand wasn't. why you enjoy this like it i just told you i don't get it chris like it does not make sense to me that you can enjoy something so blatantly stupid and insulting to your intelligence like this thing it should turn him into a piece of pulp like and there's no reason explained why there's he no reason why like, you're he's just a vcr thief there's no nothing special about this guy he didn't get bit by a radioactive spider he's not kryptonian as far as we know <laughs> like superman's just some random alien they said was invincible because of science. that's fine they explain it they don't explain why but dom has super strength why he can ignore bullets being shot through and why he can walk through fire it's no i enjoy it because of the charisma he puts forward on screen Before I watched this series, I was a fan of Vin Diesel. This this series has made me far less of one. I enjoy him far less on screen because of this series. Like that, legitimately, I'm not excited to see him in future movies because of these movies. Because I know his ego is such that he says that he can't get hurt in these movies and he can't lose a fight. Like that has been in some of the contracts for these movies that he can't lose a fight. That's awful. Yes, I'd like to order one Wambulance. He <laughs> <laughs> may need the decribulator with the Wamburger and a side of French fries. He's really butthurt. All right, I'll be, I'll be here in 45 minutes. We just need to stall him. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, like, I, I think, like, the biggest problem I, is, like, you are, we are able to suspend our disbelief and jump into the movie and live in, like, be in the movie for what it is and not be critical of the fact that the super, that the hero, the protagonist, the hero of the movie 
is not going to die, and we well, know Well, it's that. not that he's not going to die, because I go into most movies knowing he's not going to die, but I'm not also tried to convince that this happens in a semi-realistic world, and then blatantly non-realistic things happen. Like, that's that's a well, very I, different thing. Some people me. have I, a I'm very similar response to... It's not a realistic world. I said semi-realistic. Like, there's well, most of the things that happen on screen are supposed to happen on a normal human scale, well, like, as far sure, as movies go. But, but it's but, the same reason that I buy, like, B.A. Baracus from the A-Team just being able to, like, punch through walls and grab people. <laughs> like, and, and I know it's not on the same level of he never, like, he falls, you know, thousands of feet, never, never gets hurt, that kind of thing. But it's that same level of, like, you know what? I, I'm not looking for this to be realistic. It's just action for the sake of it being fun. And, and, actually, and, if, you're, and if you're still viewing it as he should just be a car thief from the first movie, of course you're going to have a bad time. But I don't, I'm not... I'm not looking at it through that same lens anymore. Like but this, at the same this time, guy is an, is an action guy. But at the same time, you guys all agreed that you liked those movies better. Like when it was more down to earth, you guys rated those movies higher. Chris, you know, you know, you like Mad Max more than any of these movies, right? Oh, absolutely. For and, completely different and, reasons. But I think that it has a lot to do with the way that this is set up, the way that the world is believable, the way that it's consistent throughout the entire thing and the way the drama works to add to what's happening on screen, which none of which works for this movie. Mad Max, the, reason Mad Max, why, the most recent Mad Max is not believable to me it's 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 something that allows me to suspend suspend my disbelief because it's not blatantly breaking its own rules you i don't think you understand why i liked mad max as much as i do maybe for one thing Uh, the reason why i like mad max is ironically the direction and the action choreography and it is not it is not tied 100 percent to the story which i also think is amazing but if the story was a little worse i would still rank mad max fury road as the best movie last year so it, I'm, I'm not sure if that's quite what you're getting at. That's what I'm hearing you say. But, a little bit. But to it, me, it, a lot also, of the choreography in Fury Road is on the same level as some of the stuff that was happening in Fast Five and Fury, Fast and Ampersand Fury Six. Not same, like, you know, it would still be way better. But I don't think it's way better because stuff consistently, you know, this realism talk that we're talking about it, right now, that's not, not something I, I factored into it necessarily. Fair enough. I also am curious, would you guys say that you like Dom? Yeah. As a character? Ab- yeah, yeah, I do. I enjoy watching him. Like I enjoy watching his character and I enjoy seeing him in this movie. As far as like a person, I don't think like I, no, no, I, I wouldn't want to hang out around Dom. I actively dislike him on both levels. I don't enjoy watching him. I don't enjoy his character. He doesn't have a character as far as I'm concerned. He's a walking, grumbling punch machine, and that's it. And that's not interesting to me. Like it sounds fun on the surface, but once you actually start sitting down there and watching that, it's not interesting to me. He he doesn't have a character to me as far as I'm concerned. Like he has a very one note performance throughout seven movies. And it's just after a certain point, it's not fun to watch anymore for me. I think there are some moments. I think that's a big part of why I couldn't handle him in this moment in particular and even in later moments. I think in the first movie and in the fifth movie, I find that hard to believe because I think that Dom had several good moments as a character. And the first movie, I would say, is is a different different beast. Definitely. In fifth movie, uh, definitely. The rest of them, I can sort of see what you're saying. Well, not even the seventh one. Even in the seventh one, I 
he, he has one. he has two modes, Chris. He has family love and enemy crush, and that's it. What does that even mean? Like he has, he has two modes. He, that yeah, means he's he looks at things, and there are two things that he does. He either cares for family or he smashes enemies, and there's no layer or in between there. It's not. I feel like you could do that with point. a lot of characters, and that are good, <laughs> but a lot of those characters don't have. 12 plus hours of movie I have to sit through. It's like saying the Hulk has two modes. He's either the Hulk or he's a nerdy scientist. No, it's not like <laughs> saying that. The Hulk is at least has layers. Like he has smash it. Like the, even within the Hulk character itself, it has as much layer as Dom does. He's got the Hulk when he's trying to kill an enemy. He has how he cares for uh, for his. Usually there's a girl that he cares about. He has the fact that he really just wants to be left alone. He doesn't want to fight and kill everything. There is a lot of layer and dramatic stuff that can go into that character. And none of it is present in Dom. He just smashes the things that he doesn't like and hugs the things that he does like. And that's it. Well, what you know, just described sounds like Dom in Fast and Furious 6 and Fast and 5. F- well, I think in, in Fast 7, you see him and Brian and Mia and everybody else, you know, trying to live life now that they are back home and being like live a normal life and Dom, and then all right. of a sudden and then all of a sudden they get pulled back in and Dom has to like okay you know I was wanting to be the family man like the bigger older brother like no, being, being the he supportive was. he was being the supportive no. older brother and trying to like talking to Mia and saying like okay yeah no like he, he'll be fine he, he's being the supportive older brother if you say to so, Mia I if you say and, so I didn't see gets, it and I didn't buy it when I did when it was on screen I'm well, sorry but see but then that that is just strictly your like is okay. it's <laughs> Yes. Well, no, but it's it, you are you are saying that the character doesn't make sense because you don't believe it. That I'm not not, it not because sense. I'm saying he's very very bland to me. I, I even get, but but see, we're giving you things that he that divides his character into more than just Hulk smash and Hulk love. <laughs> like we're we're giving you like more things, and you're saying no, nah, that doesn't work. I'm I mean, telling you where it fits in those two categories. Him hanging out with but me. That's just why I think hung. it's a bad overview is because it fits perfectly into the criticism that you've described as a negative but it doesn't necessarily compute to me as a negative I'm, you approach those problems in two different it's ways clear that you guys <laughs> are willing to to give this movie rope that i'm just not okay that's all there is to it ultimately mm. sorry mm. I don't buy I think, it. I You're think, cutting the movie slack on its dramatics. Its dramatics, especially with Dom involved, no, are no, really I, bad no, 80% no, of the time. I, I disagree. All of us have, have throughout the entire movie said when dramatics are bad, dramatics are bad. We have all admitted that, but you just refuse to like give any leeway as far as like with what we're trying to say and actually say, you know, actually there was growth in this character because they tried to do something new with this character and you say, no, it doesn't work for me so it doesn't count I, Binge, I just want to point out why? even though you're not feeling super well you can you can chime in and get a little animated <laughs> if you want to I, I, if I can I'll give a specific example from the most recent one we watched seven uh, I think I pointed out when we did the podcast for that one one of the things I really liked about Dom's character in this one was that although he's been a character who throughout the entire series has seen has seen very one note where he's someone who tries to solve all of his problems with machismo. In this one, which, which one? Sorry, I, I the last one. Okay, seven. In, in seven, I thought it was very interesting that you saw him struggling with a problem that that's not the way he could confront it, which was Letty's amnesia. 
And you can see that in oh. six as well, actually. Yeah, but because every problem he's had throughout the series has been, like you said, Hulk smash, right? But in seven, here's a problem he can't just break, right? He has to have some sort of tact to getting his relationship with Letty back to where it was. And and although you might say, well, that just came in in the last movie, I think there are notes of a deeper character to Dom than you're giving him credit for. Like, yes, yes, he's he's one note on a lot of levels, but I think that there are different things you can do with a character who tries to solve all of his problems with just an over bearing amount of machismo and if he if it had been some change in dom that had had uh come out of that like if you know he and letty had ended up being like okay we're we're just gonna deal with the fact that she doesn't remember and go on without that and i realize you're a new person and i'm gonna try to stop treating you as old letty i would agree with that if there was some change that happened in him but it's still the same character at the end of this movie at the end but in the middle but all the way up till the end that was the character that it was dom had made that choice he had said you're a new no, person he's constantly I'm, throughout that movie trying to reawaken that like i don't remember no, any, no, but what no, what does not. that have to do with the original premise that you put forward is that he either punches things or he has family mode that's that family mode to me because it's too simple of two I'm giant sorry. generalizations that you're making that can fit very neatly into this argument you've yeah, made. I know. But that's the problem I'm with sorry, characters. I'm is sorry. That, this isn't a well-written character. There's nothing good about Dom except for these two kind of okay things, and that's it. Like, you, can okay, have okay, multiple, so you can have multiple layers to both of those things. That's what I'm After saying. After seven movies, I want more out of this person if I'm going to keep watching them. I need more than just, okay, he and Letty are staring at each other and grumbling at each other again. Okay. Uh, he's punching someone. This, okay. Technically, it's okay. five movies. <laughs> <laughs> he's not in the he's in, he's in the third one, so it's six. <laughs> so you're, oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Five anyway, point one. Anyway, we've, we've, we've done we've so many podcasts on this. On this. You, you know what? If, if you couldn't stand the tank scene, why don't you tell us what your favorite scene was from it? Six. They they go to the, go to the douchey guy. Oh, <laughs> Hobbs and Tesh going to buy stuff at the fancy cars, and this actually, in a way, kind of plays into what I was saying uh, because in a little bit we we get a a side of these characters or an experience of these characters that we normally wouldn't. Tej throughout most of these movies is just the tech guy, like that's almost all he does, and he in most situations is someone who is putting down uh, um, Roman's character, and it's interesting to see him put in a situation where there is someone who at least ostensibly at the beginning has a higher level of power than him as far as power dynamics go and is putting him down and it's interesting to see the way that he deals with that and the way that Hobbs plays off of that situation going on like I really enjoy that because it gives us a new look at these characters from a completely different perspective than we normally would I agree and although I really just don't like this scene I I do appreciate the way that it brings Hobbs into the fold. Yeah. This is, and yeah, this is another scene that that really showcases the difference between the antagonist that he was in 5 and the uh at least reluctant uh protagonist that he is in this one. To use a rickism, uh I like the intention of the scene, but I just wish it was better. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, entirely you, fair. You say you happen to say a lot I like what they're trying to do, but they did it badly. That's and fair. I I feel that way about this scene. I wish it wasn't in the movie because I I feel like it's not funny. I feel like it's not charismatic. It's just kind of weird it's offbeat it's it feels like a little short film they made apart from this movie um that they stuck in there but 
if they had done it better, I would have thought it would have served the movie really well because of all the points that you guys just made and that it does make um, Hobbs and Tej like more well-rounded in yeah. the group. It makes them more more people than than just characters. Yeah. Unfortunately mm-hmm. for me, it detracts from the movie. More I mean, I enjoyed else. the scene. I, I'm right there with Rick. I enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. Um, and it does like you guys said, like add more, a little bit more character to Hobbs and kind of branches out Tej a little bit. Yeah. So that brings us to seven, right? Yeah. Let's, let's talk about the best scene, the best probably fight scene of the entire series. Seven in general. So weird to me. It has a lot of high highs and a lot of low. Some of the best moments in the whole series are in this movie. And it's also just in general, such a hodgepodge package. It's sort of like a a church potluck, nothing (laughs) against church potlucks, but like, there's Half always the, the time. one thing that everybody goes to first and there's stuff that's always there at the end. That yeah, just can't it's just away. like, well, here's the thing that one person will be like, did you try Susie's green bean casserole? Oh, my goodness. Oh, sinful. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> did you try Hobbs and Shaw fist fighting? Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. So decadent. <laughs> and it, and but then everything else is like lukewarm and cold. Yeah. <laughs> it's but, a little weird. But no, this scene is really, really great. And it's great on a uh, on a scale that I would put against most other movies, especially most other American action movies, because this scene tells you so much about the characters involved. It does everything to me, story-wise, right that other scenes and even the later scene between uh between um dominic and uh uh, shaw does later it's it tells you a lot about the characters it shows you the way that they fight the way that they fight is interesting and fun to watch and dynamic throughout the, the the scene it's great yeah i completely agree it was an awesome fist fight probably probably my favorite fist fight at least in the series yeah so, i would agree completely i mean with that. i can't yeah i mean there's not that many other fist fights but even then it's at least top five like action set pieces oh yeah like it's super good i would say top three probably. and and unfortunately that's what started the movie off or fortunately depending on how you want to for me, it was fortunate because I, this is the first one I watched and mm-hmm. I wasn't sure what I was going to think of it because I'd spent most of my life trying to avoid them because I heard they were awful. And then when this scene happened, I was like, okay, why has everyone told me this is awful? You know, because this one's amazing. That is interesting. This is one of your first uh, your first experiences with a Fast and Furious action scene. Mm-hmm, yeah. That is a much higher experience than I had at my beginning of this. I wonder how much that would have colored my my opinion if I'd seen this one as well. Yeah, I, it's it's interesting. It's also interesting because it made it, it's part of what made the amnesia story arc work for me because retroactively looking at it, there's a lot more interesting things to look for that sort of make it a little more interesting. Cause I knew that like they were husband and wife when I went back and rewatched it with you guys. We're, we're talking about, I'm talking about Dom and Letty now. The oh. amnesia thing. When did, when did we, what's that got to do with the fight between Hobbs and Shaw? No, well, we're just talking about, about Furious seven. Like, I mean, that oh. doesn't have anything to do okay, with it. Sorry. I, I, got, I got lost. I'm sorry. Um, but <laughs> which happens like, often. Yeah. I knew Rick. they were married. Like, Hobbs and Shaw are <laughs> that would be amazing <laughs> would, that would be so funny to me you especially, never do the dishes especially that no no especially that scene where Hobbs walks in and he just puts up a finger to, to silence him for a minute one second <laughs> that's a whole new layer of meaning anyway oh, sorry man. so can we can we talk about the worst scene of this movie <laughs> Um, which one is it? There's it's the couple. scene. It's it's the chicken scene. That to me no, is easily the worst. No, it's not I, the worst. I, I think retroactively, I understood what Chris was trying to tell me in the podcast a lot better. In that it 
the way that Dom saw it as unfair is that uh, because what's his name didn't have a reinforced or what, because what's his name Shaw had a reinforced chassis to his car. He didn't have to swerve under any circumstances. Yes. And so he would never have needed to, to, to like play the actual game of chicken, which he, he never still, would have had to have any courage. Right. And I, I didn't understand that that's what you were trying to tell. Yeah. Me. Yeah. 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 That, yeah. That, that Dom is was exactly playing what chicken I was and Shaw say. was playing run him over. And I, I really wish, and that to me partly, um, messes up the scene at the end of the movie that he calls it cheating because Dom has a car that can magically like lift its front end like not magically but it can it can lift its front end up which is as much to me cheating as what Shaw did but I guess you could see that as an evolution of how he how he fights Shaw but also um, yeah well, it, it also, also kind of chicken like you see the car lifting up far ahead of you you can react to that yeah that's true mm-hmm. yeah um but yeah like the the thing to me is like I I, I really would have bought that if there had been, if they had sold it better but in the moment I didn't understand the the dynamic that was going on and because there was no real damage to either character and the cars crumpled at about the same amount i didn't understand why dom was accusing him of cheating it didn't make any sense to me i guess i would have to re- time travel and visit me in the theater because i when they were ramming each other i was a little confused with like what they were going for too mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think but i can't remember how much it bothered me after i saw the reveal right and uh in the moment i just sort of like and they just fair, hit each other. It's very different. What just happened? It's very different when your only context for this whole thing is the fight scene between Dom and, and uh, or Hobbs and Shaw, and now this scene. Whereas I have the context of hating six previous movies coming into this moment. <laughs> well, but yeah. for, for your point, it makes it also makes a lot more sense having six movies of knowing what Dom's character is like, yeah, yeah. and what he can do. Like spider sense cars. Or even just knowing yeah. that he, he's not going like. You know Dom's not going to swerve if mm-hmm. you've seen Dom before, just right. because you know the type of person that he yeah. is. Definitely. Cool. So that's all seven movies. Now we are going to discuss our best thing that happened in this series and worst thing that happened in this series as a whole. Um, I feel like we're all kind of going to be on the same camp and Rick's going to be the outlier in a lot of ways. Uh, so maybe when we do final reviews and stuff like that, and this Rick should go last or first, I don't know. Let's have Rick go last. This yeah. Time. Okay. It'll, okay. it'll provide some anticip- anticipation. Anticipation. Oh, you ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully like I did these movies. <laughs> um, yeah. So who would like to go first of the, of the three musketeers then I can go first. All right, Josh. Uh, I think my favorite part of this series and it could it doesn't have to be a scene. It can be some sort of the same way we do the podcast where it can be a general like thing. The whole series did or something like that. Yeah, I think my favorite part and it I know it doesn't have to be a scene, but I but I but for me it was and it was the race in Tokyo Drift that ended with Han's death death. (laughs) I was going to say the exact same things. Oh, don't ruin it. (laughs) Sorry. It's too late. I I really, really like that. I think it was done very well. I think it was shot beautifully. Mm -hmm. Um, there were several shots during that race of just a very high up view of them drifting through a crowd, which as it's Tokyo Drift and they've been drifting throughout this whole movie, you just see them cutting those edges short. You also see them, you also see characters who have been driving to perfection like DK are now being a little sloppier because they're, they're like racing after each other for their lives. And I think it's the subtleties in the way that they shot that race that tells you more about the stakes that are there. Definitely. Uh, I, and I, re- I, re- I really like that. And the fact that Han dies at the end, like, 
you can go back and listen to it, and I suggest that you do, but I did not think that Han was going to stay dad, dead within that movie. Like, I thought that end credits, Han was going to come back. It mm-hmm. wasn't going to be, you know, I didn't know Vin Diesel was going to roll up. Right. But I thought they were going to have some, like, oh, Han didn't actually die or something. The fact that they left him dead was shocking and it made that scene even weightier in retrospect definitely and it actually helps carrying forward like the that moment every time you see han in a later movie you know he has a time limit you know that he is going to die which especially when he gets together with giselle really puts an interesting spin on their relationship yeah it i think it's a fantastic moment i think it's fantastic because of the weight it has not only in its own movie but throughout the entire rest of the series Absolutely. My least favorite moment uh, from the series was Too Fast, Too Furious. Benj, what are your thoughts? <laughs> uh, I feel the same way. No, my worst, my worst uh, I guess, moment of the series is probably Too Fast, Too Furious as well. It just seems like there was so much in there that, like, oh, man, this, this is actually good. I guess like with, I guess the character, like with Roman's character and sort of like that interaction. Almost but exclusively Roman. Like you're talking exactly. about, there's so much in here. Eh, well, no, no, no. There's but one no. character in that movie who was good. There, like there are elements in there that allow this to be a much better movie than it is, but they just f- completely failed at doing any of it. Like Roman is such a good character in that, but he just like, it's brought down by the rest of the movie, including like, all the other characters, the plot, and, well, just the movie itself. Uh, <laughs> um, my best, um, I I enjoyed seeing, um, I guess, sort of some of the dynamics change throughout the, throughout the series um, between Brian and Dom and how Brian kind of changed um, a little like into like more from like the adrenaline junkie, even though that's what he was and was like trying to get out of the game, even though he was still in it and he was like, wanted to get back in it and realize like, no, no, I don't want to be in this. I want to be a family man. I, I I kind of enjoyed that and how it seemed almost as if Brian became more like Paul Walker the character Brian became more like Paul Walker or Paul Walker became more like the character Brian. I don't really know, um, I guess which way it went, but I, I did enjoy kind of seeing that, especially with the culmination with the seventh movie and how they did the send off for him. I really enjoyed all that. Cool. At least retrospectively. Um, I feel like I'm trying to actually formulate like why I have such a positive response to this series, even though, I, in general, like rated a lot of it really poorly. <laughs> I, I really um, want to know because that, that has think, been consistently confusing to me throughout this entire experience. I think a big part of it is that it satisfies for me as an audience a need that I feel like just doesn't exist in modern movies, which is that I feel like almost every like big budget like action franchise, it's always tied to something and it feels like a franchise. It's either a superhero movie or it's a James Bond film. And even though Fast and Furious is in of itself a franchise, it feels like it has this identity that's just purely its own that is unimitable and it's very confident in how, like in a way, childish it is. (laughs) And if it was, 
I feel like if it wasn't, didn't exude that confidence, I'm not just talking about Vin Diesel confidence, but just confidence in that everyone who's a part of the film believes they're making a good movie. And I think it shows. I, I know that you don't agree, Rick, that some of the performances are really poor to you. In general, most of the performances really work for me. Um, the set pieces really work for me. Uh, the setups really work for me. The climaxes really work for me. Do they blow my mind? Most of the time, definitely not. Not even close. Uh, Unless it's a tank coming some out of the Some of them, well, that one was very well executed. Uh, uh, Fast Five, I thought was very well executed overall, um, and there were some great moments in Furious Seven, um, and even the very first movie is for me like a pretty solid package from beginning to end. Um, it's just there's not a lot else that's sort of like this anymore, and I really enjoy that it exists. Um, there was actually a, uh, I, I wish I wrote it down, but there's this actually Reddit theory that's gaining popularity that the meta narrative behind the fast and the furious is that it's a modern day dungeons and dragons game where the characters are leveling up throughout the movies and that's why in the first movie they're just like stealing vcrs and in the seventh movie they're literally like jumping out, like through buildings with their cars because they're level 20 now i might i might have enjoyed this series a lot more if you told me that at the beginning yeah. <laughs> but the it's like paul walker has to go off to college <laughs> there you go um, oh or the gosh, Democrat Aiden. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, but like this movie just sort of it does something for me that like I can't really get in another franchise or another film that's really being produced right now. It's just this very balls to the wall action, you know, gasoline fueled thrill ride. And it doesn't feel the need for some giant like narrative subtext or this like political allegory to be in there that really turns your head upon itself. It's just there to like have a good time with you. It's it's the beer compared to the aged scotch whiskey. Is the aged scotch whiskey better? Of course it is. But every now and then you just want a beer. And that's how I feel about this franchise it's in a good way. I know that's a very like new agey like best thing, but that's. That's how I sort of feel about it. The tone, it. yeah. The tone is yeah. the thing that you find the best. Yeah. The it's almost like Saturday morning cartoonish. Yeah, it, I, I said at one point, I think it was in the Furious 6 podcast, that it feels like a Saturday morning cartoon or an anime. And like that's something I used to just like eat up. And I know that that's a very broad statement for a lot of stuff that's very different from each other. This isn't like Attack on Titan at all. Well, no, you're, you're just but, talking specifically about this kind of thing that would show on Toonami. Or, yeah, or it, it feels a little bit like from, DBZ, you know? Yeah, like, that's and, very different from talking about all of anime. Yeah, and, uh, you know, on the same merit, you know, when I went through and I was objectively reviewing it, that's why I gave a lot of like, at some point I even gave, I think I gave Too Fast, Too Furious like a, a one and uh, I gave a lot of the films threes. Um, but it's still something that I enjoy and I can look past the things that are really poor about it because it still serves something that I'm looking for that I don't really get in movies anymore. Um, the thing that I think is probably the worst about this franchise a big thing that bothered me in Furious 7 was how much sexier it felt than the other movies, for example. Like, I know you don't agree with me, right? I, I don't know where you're coming from with that. There was no more in that. Was there more? Like, did you guys think that there was more or? Well, here's the thing. I will I say think there was like there one scenes. more scene, but it was no more gratuitous than it was in any of the other 
movies. Okay. Like every scene feels proportionately like when they do that, there's like at least one butt shot. Like I feel like in Fast and Furious 6, like there's a butt shot. And I'm like, okay, whatever. In Furious 7, I feel like there were like six butt shots and they was divided over three different scenes. There's the drag race at Race Wars. There's the gold glitter girls in the apartment. And then there's another race on the street, I think. Uh, or they're at a club or something. I, I can't remember now, but it just felt like, and I, that is sort of a problem I've had with the franchise as a whole, but it felt worse to me in Fury 7 and it sort of reminded me of that. I think what it might be is that I think it was probably toned down for the last couple movies, but it was no worse than it was at the beginning. I think it got back to where it was well, at the each beginning scene, of, the, of, the, of the series. Each of the individual scenes where that's happening were, and I mean, it's kind of appropriate for it to happen within the narrative because like, I can imagine if I went to a big street race that there'd be a lot of, you know, scantily clad girls like trying to woo <laughs> dudes not. over to their corner. <laughs> There's really not. Well, I can imagine all. it, you right. know, it feels appropriate <laughs> as I like, I, can I, imagine. I like to imagine I can it. fantasize okay. about I it on my own that. time, Rick. Not what I meant. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's just me frothy. It's part of the culture that's put forward in the same way that in spy movies, they always, you know, okay, get yeah. all these babes on their arms, even though in real life, they're probably like underneath the floorboard and haven't eaten for five days because they're on a stakeout or something. Well, I, I think know. a lot oh, of spies, not oh, actual, okay. like, you know, Jeez. actual spy work is not as sexy as it is <laughs> right. in the movies. Okay. In the it's same way. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think what it is, at least with the seventh movie, is that there is a very stark contrast between those scenes and the rest of the movie where the rest of the movie is trying to be action packed. And then all of a sudden it cuts like, oh, yeah, or have significant narrative heft, you know, mm -hmm. or it's like in the same scene where he's trying to like, um, you know, reconnect with his wife. There's just all girls, girls, mm. girls, cars, cars, cars. And it's, yeah. it's kind I mean, of a weird tone shift. Yeah. You know, it's I guess very rapid. That and it was a lot of the scenes where they were together though. I don't agree. Like that, that situation the, in the is first, not in the cemetery. In the yeah. And I'm saying that that's a problem with the whole franchise is that it does sort of suffer on its own merit from that machismo like element as well. And for me, that's less of a problem with, Oh, Dom's got to be this invincible tough guy as much as it is like the environment that these movies often take place in is something that I just don't particularly care for. So those are my best and worst bits. And they're both very, out there and <laughs> difficult to quantify. Rick. Uh, well, we already talked about my best moment. I, you know, everything that Josh said about Han's death, I agree with and the parts that I added. Um, my worst moment, the, the single, the singular moment uh, is um, not it. the moment <laughs> that should have been cut out of Fast uh, Five. Please that I hated. It. It's the moment where he catches Letty in midair. No! Come on! That, that, <laughs> Seriously? That is the worst. That is for me the, the the moment. It might not be the worst in and of Boo itself. That man. Shut up, dude. <laughs> Let me finish freaking talking. Jeez. To me, that one moment sums up all of the problems that I have with Dom as a protagonist. Um, he's not interesting to me to watch, and he's not interesting to be watched because he's never going to lose anything. Um, the the one thing that he debatably did lose throughout the series is Letty. But she came right back. And now at the end of seven, she is back completely in. And he didn't lose even those memories that they had, which would have could have been interesting. Um, the the only, the moment that was probably the best part of the entire series is him is the fact that he's lost uh, Brian at the end of that. And you get a lot of the emotion that Vin Diesel is clearly feeling through that final scene and, and the stuff leading up to that. Um, but for the most part, I, I'm going into Final uh, Fast and Furious 8, assuming that's, you know, not going to be the case. And he is back kind of at square one of having everything that he wanted, except for Brian. But in universe, he still has Brian. So to, to me, 
a story is largely about the things that cause characters pain and nothing causes Dom pain. There is only anger and there is only love and that's it. Like he, he, he at times has things that he cares about threatened, but that's not pain. You don't see pain except for, you know, at the beginning of four, you know, when he's lost Letty, but that's erased later on. So to me, there's no potential for Dom as a character because the the way that they're consistently writing him. And because of that, I can't get into the rest of the story. And because of that, I can't get into the action scene. So it, all of it hinges on this for me. Dom is a terrible character. He's terribly written. And the series can't be interesting to me while that is the case. So, Just Would you because- say that if you've only seen fast five that you would like Dom more than since it doesn't erase Letty's um maybe if I'd only seen that one movie my opinion would be very different because I wouldn't have to sit through you know a a large amount of other things that I wasn't enjoying beforehand so that would definitely color my opinion of just that movie and if I had just seen that and that was what set the tone for me from the beginning that would also be very different so it's entirely possible that I I would like the series a lot more if I'd started there Mm -hmm. I, I don't I, understand your pain thing with Dom. Yeah, I, I feel like he I is also, a very pained character, especially in four, which you mentioned, but I feel like it goes into the other movies. What I'm talking about specifically has to do with loss. He, he doesn't need to change or evolve as a character. He doesn't need to um, overcome things. I he, disagree. It, you're wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's not. <laughs> I mean, I don't know any other way to say Musketeers. it. Musketeers. All right. Cardinal Well, no, no. I think I think what you were saying is like he doesn't. Three Musketeers. Literature jokes. <laughs> no, what what I think what you were trying to say is like Dom doesn't feel pain, both either emotionally or physically, but you see him like feeling conflicted and feeling pain through the fourth and fifth movie about what it about Letty. Yeah. About and, and, her not being there. Is, but and even because, in the sixth and seventh movie, because, I'd say. Just because she comes back doesn't make the pain less real. It, the pain is still real. The scars are still there. It's just now they are healed it's it's worse for me because everything about her loss from the fourth movie is is reset um and at that point we had only had one movie with dom for me to kind of get used to him and it was very different between that character and that and so that might be different there but we start by bringing letty back and then by seventh movie not only is letty back but the most interesting feature about her the fact that she had lost her memory is also reset so, but we also don't know how much of her memory is back. I'm assuming. I mean, that, I mean I have, yes, I would agree that I would assume that all of it is back. But she could have just remembered, you know, I married this man, I love this man, and what he says is like you can't tell somebody you that they love you. That's a good like, moment. That I'm is, not trying like, to take away from that. That specific that there are good individual moments of this series, but for me, the whole thing fails because the foundation is poor. And I, I think that's been the consistent theme by which you hate these movies throughout the series. And I'd like to hope at least I'm consistent about my hatred. Like, oh, yeah. I, I oh, want, yeah, yeah. I, when I hate things, I want to be at least within consistent. my understanding of it, understand why I hate them. I don't want to just knee jerk, hate something and, and be a wet blanket because of that. I want to explain why my reason is what it is. Right. I just, I don't understand your hatred. Like it sounds like you're using the same words, using the same logic, but I'm hearing it. And it's like, you're saying, see how the sky's green. And I'm looking at, I'm going, no, I don't see it. It looks so blue. That's exactly. Sometimes it's a little pale and white. And, uh, and when it gets, you know, later in the evening, it might turn orange, but never green. I mean, to be fair, that's exactly how I feel when you try to explain why you like the movie. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I like, 
I same exact thing. It's like there's like I understand what you were saying, but I don't understand where you're coming from because it's like I can give you reasons and explain, but I guess you're just not on that level of suspension of disbelief, right. I guess, and with the movie and then also just like buying into the characters for what they are in the movie. You yeah. want more from the characters than the movie is able to give you. To me, suspension of disbelief is not the audience's responsibility. To me, it's the responsibility of a movie to set up a situation at which I can I can suspend my disbelief. Um, and to me, the Fast and Furious movies don't do that. They require me to turn my brain off and I'm not willing to do that for it. I think it can be both. Can um, be. I'm yeah. not saying it, it, this is this is what you're doing but i like i've tried to pitch fury road to people and i've just been like listen this is a great movie it's got some of the craziest stuff i've ever seen it's got an amazing car chase and it's it's all backed up by this amazing plot it's super well acted the cinematography and the direction is incredible i don't know why anyone would not like it and people just look at me and go there's a giant car chase in it and i'm like yeah and they go that sounds horrible i don't want to watch it and i'm just like i don't understand how that could be a no to you but <laughs> some people like they just you know they're not willing they they i feel like they would have have to go into it where if they unless they're getting a ticket bought for them and being forced to go into into it they are not going to turn on their suspension of disbelief mm -hmm. not saying it's what you can do and but i think it's an interesting talking point because i think definitely. it can happen I, yeah. I, and i also think that it would be a very different situation for me if i was walking to this movie just walking to the theater with some friends like that's that's entirely a different scenario for me than when i'm trying to be critical about a movie like for the podcast um it may be entirely possible that had i walked into furious seven as my first movie and i had done it with youth four and and we were just, you know, hanging out that I would actually have enjoyed it a lot more. But I think a big part of it is the scenario and what I what I think is uh, objectively good in a story um, is not what this series delivers. Yeah. And I mean, I'll back you up in that. I know that when you think something's objectively bad, but you like it, you'll own up to that. Yeah. So I, I totally don't think that anything you're saying is in any way disingenuous or anything like that. That, that is the but, last thing I hope to be is, is right. a hypocrite on this. But, <laughs> but I, I guess the last thing I would say is I do feel like um, I, I just same thing I said earlier. It's so hard for me to buy right. into the logic because I just I can't even right. fathom. And I do want to say that I don't judge anyone, any even you guys for 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 liking this movie. Like any, mm -hmm. you like what you like, man. Oh. I like some awful entertainment. People I like are tweeting. They're saying opinionated. It's getting super boring. I think you need to spice it up a little bit. Maybe, uh, screw you, Chris. Oh, well, yeah, <laughs> screw you, ugly. too. <laughs> and, and you have a beard. Those aren't the types of opinions we're trying to talk about here. Well, but, but really, like, I, 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 when I come to this, I, I don't want people to think that, though I have very forceful opinions, that my opinion somehow invalidates theirs. Um, I try to back mine up as best as I can and, and try to base it on as much fact as you can when you're, you're talking about something as subjective as story is. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I don't want anyone to come away from this thinking, Rick hates me because I like Fast and Furious. So, Wait, Rick, you don't hate me because I like Fast and Furious? <laughs> I hate you for so many reasons, man. <laughs> other reasons. But there are other reasons. <laughs> so, <laughs> Mostly just pure jealousy of that beard. Aww, it's luxurious. So sweet. That was... Uh, Okay, again, take it off the table. <laughs> it's not so, what that divot's for. All right, I'll I don't know why that divot's there. So, Rick, if you had to, if you had to give three, or if you had to give Blake out series? of five, the whole series a rating, what would you give it? And I think we could go around the table with that's that actually a pretty good idea. I would probably give it. Um, I would give it. Uh, Go around the table. Let me look at my scores and kind of collate we'll my thoughts on this. We'll do you last again. Yeah. Okay. Um, Benji, you've been lore keeper. 
Um, <laughs> as far as my enjoyment of the series as a whole, um, I would give it, you know, probably three and a half, four out of five, just as my enjoyment um, of the series. I can see, you know, there's definitely low points. There's definitely really high points um, that, I mean, some people could pick on the low points or pick on the high points and just stick on that side. Um, but just as purely my enjoyment, which is what I try to rate all the movies that we do, um, I would give this entire series just a three and a half, four out of five. Wait, which one? What? Three and a half what? Three and a half, four out of five reviews? Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> That'd be so difficult so to make a graphic for. Right. No, I, I would give it a three and a half um, or like in between. Choose. Three we already give you a half star. 3.75. No, no, you uh, got to do the half. Uh, it's going to, okay. I can't okay. do the, what out of it's, five. It's really funny to me because I'm going to have a very similar struggle to me that yeah. you are. No, um, I would say a three and a half families out of five. Oh, that's a good that one. Last that's family good is one. messed up. <laughs> what happened to them? Well, yeah, look, they were in the war. We don't like to talk about it. The yeah. whole family got drafted yep. in the war? Yep, the whole family, all of them, even the baby. Well, that's weird. <laughs> Sounds like I, Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that as a whole, for the series, I would have to give it three families out of five because although there are several films in this series that I really enjoy watching with friends that I have a lot of fun sitting down and enjoying. There are also quite a few stinkers. Uh, and I don't suggest that anyone really watch it as a series. I think you pick the ones that are good, uh, specifically the ones that we've recommended and watch those as standalones. Um, there's not too much that you, there's really not too much that you have to know continuity wise to be able to enjoy these films. If you're just sitting there, sitting down to have a good time with friends. Uh, so all in all, I give it a three out of five. It's really dragged down by the ones that are bad because the ones that are just are really awful. Um, I would actually recommend that everyone who's interested in maybe watching it, just do exactly what I did and start with seven. You know, it may not be the best one, but if you like it, you're going to like most of the other movies, um, even just a little bit. Um, it, it's probably going to give you the best idea of what you're in for. And you'll be surprised at how low key and generally well constructed that the first one is, in my opinion. Um, and for that reason, when I when I review things both objectively and based on my enjoyment, I usually tend to go higher than I probably ought to, because the things that I think that. I think it's more of a miracle when a film succeeds at something than a um, a sin when a movie fails at something. The positives because, weigh heavily to, more heavily than the negatives well, do to you. Trying, trying to, to make movies... I've made some super terrible movies. And those <laughs> movies, like, they... I worked so hard on them, you know, and I had a crew and a cast that worked so hard on them. And sometimes it just doesn't pan out the way that you want it to. Thankfully, I can say that <laughs> most of those are pretty early in my career. I feel like I'm very proud of the ones I've made most recently. Um, but uh, man, I just, I know what it's like to really commit to your craft and try to make something and just may not, you may not hit all the points you wanted to super successfully. Um, and, uh, for that reason, I usually go high because I want to acknowledge how difficult it is to do something right. Um, so with that in mind, I give it a three and a half, <laughs> which still isn't a stellar rating, but it is still also a positive one. It's, it's a good 
series, I would say. Um, there are major bad points and it's not the worst idea to maybe look them up on Rotten Tomatoes and be like, oh, this one got a bad review and skip it. But if you think you might be, you know, I mean, some of our reviews, they contradict those scores at the same time. So I don't know, just look them up, ask some friends, see which ones you should pick up. I would recommend first one, third one, and then the last three. Um, Fifth one? Last three, yeah. Five, five six, six, seven. Five, six. All, right, all right. So really, I you're just skipping the second and the eight. fourth one. Um, Those are the low points. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, I, I give it three and a half. Fair enough. Um, so when I was trying to, to figure out what to give this, I was wavering very strongly between two and one and a half. And so I averaged up all my scores trying to decide what it would be, and it came out to 1.78. And so that didn't help at Well, all. if you round, <laughs> it's rounded up because you got that and, extra two points. And, you know, I, I was thinking about doing it to give it a two. But the, the more I think about it, the only thing that consistently works for me uh, or with any consistency works for me is some of the action scenes. And consistently within these movies some of the action scenes do not work for me so i can't in in good conscience give it a full two i have to go to down to one and a half <sighs> families yeah come on just do families bruh families because yeah, we're Cuh. a family come on Cuh. come on one and Cuh. a half coronas Coronas. Half Coronas is going to be awful. Yep. It's going to be skunks like depending on how long movies. it's been in the sun. But no, like I, I just I don't enjoy this. I, I actually enjoy Corona more than I enjoy this. Corona's fine, but you know, like <laughs> you're out there, Corona. Just, Think about sponsoring opinionated podcasts. <laughs> but seriously, there's there's just massive parts of this series that that fail abysmally for me, and it's consistent throughout every movie. And so to to try and give it anything higher just wouldn't be honest for me. So I have to go to one and a half. Well, we so. do ask that you be honest so that we can tell you that you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I'm I'm quite comfortable with being told I'm wrong. So right anyway, we sort of end up probably around like a two and a half, a three averaged out because it was three like yeah. very you know weighted three star ish reviews with one poor review. So yeah. it's probably around two and a half and a three. So there's room for improvement. So maybe Rick, since you're already talking, you could pitch to us what you think the best Furious Eight would look like what right. what they should do in the future and it may not just be furious eight just in general what they should do in the next trilogy right. or what just so generally what you think they need to from what i've been the told the the next movies are uh going to be more spy related and i think that in my ideal world the way that this would work is you would have um dom on the one side being the unlawful character the but that driving force that protagonist and have hobbs be the other protagonist and have them be equal the way that uh brian and dom were in the first movies because we don't need we don't have brian anymore to kind of mess up this this idea and so you have two characters that are very similar in a lot of ways but also on very different tracks when it comes to the law and so it would be really interesting to see those two kind of fighting for the leader uh position as they go against shaw and hopefully they bring in a a a other uh, antagonist to kind of offset the those two and then from there what i really would want is <laughs> a third brother yeah sure <laughs> like visits in prison is like i can't believe they did this and it's to you. Bruce, he walks away the whole prison's blown up and it's, it's bruce, the same movie and it's bruce willis <laughs> oh no just um, going through all the baldies yeah exactly but no like i Daddy so I, like we have those those two set up that way and then i would like to see all of the other minor characters have a defined strong role to play we have tej the the data guy we have Rome in the face you know and it, whatever other characters are are remaining you know I'd like to see more of them I, and I'd like to see more of the 
female cast of the series get a more defined role and a more specific job to do within these um these uh, spy games that they're going to be going through. So that would ideally be where I would like to see it. Cause I think if we had that, I could really get more into the, um, into the, into the, the, the action for it. Because for me, a big part of that is whether or not I like the characters and consistently throughout these series, I haven't liked any of the characters at all. So if I could get in on that level, that would be excellent for me. That would be ideal. Cool. And uh binge. Um, a lot of what I would like to see of the series going forward is maybe to cut some of the fat. Um, it seems like either you need to build up the characters that you have um, or get rid of them. If you're just using them as this guy is a face and that's all he's going to be there for and he's going to have five seconds of screen time and he's going to be this very stereotypical shtick kind of guy, then you need to not have eight of them you need to have you need to kind of cut away some of the extra stuff that are in these movies i know that and um as bad as it would be to say some of the action sequences when you just stack them and stack them and stack them and stack them on top of each other it kind of takes away from like your the climax of your movie and i think that they need to figure out what is what do we want the actual climax of the movie B and build up to that as opposed to we want to have eight climaxes in this movie and we want them to all be awesome and I think they just need to focus on one scene that is going to be the like main climax of the movie and trying to focus on building up to that and building up the characters that they do choose to use um, I think that they need to kind of like I said cut out some of the extra characters if they're not going to give them enough screen time to actually have them like have a defined role have like maybe a little bit of growth or a change in their character if not just growth um, but that's sort of where I would like to see is like them kind of if it's going to be a two hour movie um, actually like have have something that happens as opposed to we're just going to do a bunch of action scenes all right and Josh uh, I like both of what I like I like what both of you have said already. Um, so I think I'm going to get a little bit more specific with it uh, to Dom's character. One thing that I'd love to see is his character struggling with the absence of... I completely Brian. lost his Brian? Name. I'd love to see Dom struggling with the absence of Brian. Uh, I think that that'd be a really interesting character development option that's there, especially as they're trying to pull off another big job that his essentially right hand man, the other because the two of them were known for being the drivers. Now, every, all all of the characters can drive cars well, but they're the two that stand out from the rest of the pack. And I think it'd be really interesting to see how he deals with the dynamic changing where family has been everything to him and now a significant piece of that family is no longer with them to participate in these uh, i think that it can be done very tactfully considering that uh paul walker or brian i think it can be done very tactfully seeing that paul walker is dead and i think they could do it in a in a, in a very interesting way and and develop dom's character in a way that we haven't seen in the rest of the series Cool. Yeah, I, I actually like all of these suggestions a lot. Um, I'm actually going to move forward on pitching 
what I think the next like one, two, three, four, five movies should <laughs> oh, be. God. But it's going to be short. It's going to be one idea. They get sucked okay. into okay. their favorite video game and have to fight their way out. Oh my gosh, it'd be amazing. It'd become an actual <laughs> D&D party. It's just the characters playing D&D. <laughs> that would be so good. Um, but here's the thing. Uh, you were touching on something, Josh, that I think is totally worth pointing out and that Paul Walker can't be in the next movie because he can't do anything anymore. He, he's passed away, um, unfortunately. Um, and I think that the franchise can basically go one of two directions. It can either try to ride around that, which is extremely challenging, but could be done very tastefully and very well. Or they could make a complete 90 degree turn and like try something completely different with the franchise going forward. And I'm going to suggest they do that because that way these previous seven films, they maintain an identity of themselves without being separate from the future fast and furious movies. It feels like a contained sort of saga and you Next know, they're not all cooking drama. <laughs> I, I think it's the safest bet given that, what most people want out of these movies, and I think I just think it could be so bad if the next movie is a giant last bit of Furious 7, because part of what makes that work so well is there's nothing exploitative about it. It's just, you know, like we pointed out in the podcast, people saying goodbye to their friend. If we keep making movies about them saying goodbye to this character who didn't seem to matter too much to the story as a whole, he definitely filled a very specific role within the family, but he doesn't matter over the overarching plots of each individual movie. I think it could could go very poorly. So instead. <laughs> go on. Um, I'm trying to figure out even how to begin. 21 Jump Street is apparently, as a franchise, going to be doing what I'm about to suggest that Fast and Furious does, which is they're considering making crossing over into different universes and having their characters played by Jonah Hill and whoever the, the hot dude Channing is Tatum. Channing Tatum. They were going to be in like a men in black sequel and it was going to be like tw- uh, men in black jump street or something like that. I think fast and furious should totally do that. I think it would be amazing for to put this team composed the exact same way they are. Tej is who Tej is. Dom is who Dom is. Letty's who Letty is, whatever. But now it's a pod racing movie. <laughs> oh gosh. What like they all oh. get cryogenically frozen and then no, fall no, out no, like a no, hundred no. years later? It's just it's just one of the Star Wars spin-offs and it's Star Wars <laughs> pod racing and it's the whole Fast and the Furious team and they are Dom, Letty, Tej. I just oh, want to hear then, Vin no. Diesel run. Now this is pod racing. <laughs> oh god. And IGN actually pulled off an amazing prank like two years ago where they teased a trailer for this new movie that was coming out on April Fool's Day. And it looks like it was gonna be a fast uh sorry a back to the future sequel but then it cut to the scene in tokyo drift where they're drifting through and you see it's the it's the delorean and you see toretto in it i've and never he, been more offended than i was when i saw this like it, it was, was amazing though i, I, was, I was so, so angry like, uh, i didn't I, I knew it was april fool's day i knew it had to be some sort of joke and i was like they can't joke about about Back to the Future. Like, what's the context? Like, I mean, yeah, like this is kind of funny. And then it was the year Furious 7 came out. So seeing Vin Diesel in the car, I was like, this is such a great idea. (laughs) Any movie where any car is like some sort of centerpiece, like the love bug with the Fast and the Furious crew. Oh, no. Oh, yes. It would be amazing. It would go, and they also given the opportunity to go full, full cult, full pulpy, full like 
hilariously amazing action-packed over the top nothing you've ever seen before in franchises you may have always wanted to see something like that and i think it would be really interesting what about mad max with these characters absolutely that's a perfect environment for them that is more believable than the other two that have been suggested but the more unbelievable it is the more amazing it is and fun it is to think about personally, that's the thing personally i'd rather have it be christine where the car just eats them all but that's okay <laughs> <laughs> You see, like, that the more you think about it, the more great ideas you'll have. <laughs> anyway, that's what I think they should do in the future. Legitimately, that's my suggestion. I think it would be incredible. It would be very entertaining. <laughs> uh, anyway. All right, so I'm uh, I'm very happy to close out my my chapter of life right. with this, this the moment. You know, Until I'm, next summer. Until... Until hey, next they, time. At least it's only one movie. <laughs> Until no, the pod racing after. solo Oh, I know, but I mean, I only have to watch that one movie True. that summer and then have some time to recover. So guys, where are we going next with this? Well, we've got uh, a few months where we'll just be reviewing stuff that we've seen in theaters and just some fun stuff that we're all big fans of. And then in October, we're going to start our next series, which will be horror. You know, you know, there's not a month between now and October. Is this September? Yeah. 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 October, month, November. Next month, yeah. we're oh, starting shit. our horror series. <laughs> next month, we're starting For our horror reason, series. And I'm... every Thursday, you will have a new podcast on a horror movie. And, so, I, and we October. decided the order that we want to go in. Can I announce my, my pick? Uh, no, let's announce them as they happen. Oh, but I really want to talk about it because no, I'm so excited. No. I'm so happy to be talking about from what you guys have talked have mentioned as your picks. I'm very excited to have movies that I am excited to watch and I really love. So I can explain why I love something as opposed to why I hate it for once. You I, do know which one I'm doing. So like, have you seen that one? I can. Um, I have it, but I've heard a lot of good things. Oh, so I think so I will good. enjoy it. It's such a fun movie. Um, and you guys haven't picked yours yet. You were thinking about one, though. Yeah, but I don't, I don't want to get too much into the whole like. I know what it is, but we're not telling the audience. Both, that both gets, of the things that you mentioned annoying, I'm very excited about. Just know that we have a number of good horror movies picked out that I think we'll be able to have uh, quality discussions about. And from what we picked so far, they're all going to be like classic horror. So it's yes. stuff where it's like you may never have gotten around to them, but you just don't want to sit down and watch them. And we can tell you whether or not that's a good or terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, that's, uh, that's our episode, our Fast and the Furious retrospective overview review. Don't forget to go to the, uh, to the website where you can vote on your favorite Fast and the Furious uh, movie. That's what I'll be putting up as the poll this time. And don't oh, forget to check idea. out the other polls because sometimes it's just who would you agree with and sometimes I mess around with it. So, you know. Maybe if enough people vote for anyone but Rick, Rick will realize he was wrong. That and is he'll want to rewatch all the movies if and there's see one what thing he I'm good at, it's ignoring <laughs> dissenting opinion. Or, or you can vote <laughs> really? for Rick and yeah. give him I a, hadn't noticed. a pedestal to say, see, I was right to all of us. <laughs> but yeah, you know, uh, uh, don't forget to check that out. So, all right. Uh, what was the yeah, website guys? again, Rick? Uh, www.opinionatedpodcast.com. Yes. Also, send us an email to opinionatedmoviereviews at gmail.com. I'm not going to have anything to say as my closer to this now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe I'll just skip it. But you know what we can say as a closer to this whole thing? We're opinionated and peaking our mics. <laughs> Hey everyone, before we say farewell to the Fast and the Furious, we wanted to have a quick, uh, what, what should we call it? Listener mail? I feel yeah. like that's what everyone calls it. Fan mail. Fan mail. That's so much cat. Fan mail. That sounds kind of cute that way. <laughs> fan mail. We have a fan mail. One. We have one fan mail that we wanted to read because they had a pretty <laughs> good movie suggestion for us. This comes from Taylor Robert, who lives in Birmingham, Alabama. 
Taylor. Hey guys, just started listening to your podcast and really enjoy it. Mm, thanks, Taylor. You can, tell your, <laughs> you can tell all your friends about it. <laughs> you might be our only fan. Who knows? I mean, Look, stop people on the street as well. You should tell people you don't know about Opinionated Podcast as well. Everyone, the, just literally everyone. Wear the Opinionated t-shirt. Um, that doesn't Also exist. design it and yeah, sell it for us. <laughs> <laughs> Look, looking forward to listening through the past episodes and future. I'm not sure what movies you guys are shooting for, but I would love to hear your opinions on Turbo Kid. Remember that one? <laughs> I do remember that movie. I love that movie. So, uh, funny story. We've actually seen Turbo Kid as a podcast, but this was before we had good mics, and when we bought these mics, we realized that there was an enormous difference in quality, and we never released that episode, as well as a whole year's worth of content. And if not more. I mean, it, if maybe, yeah. Maybe, yeah, because we were doing it for a while. So, we're planning on, in the future, potentially making that a Patreon reward whenever we finally launch our Patreon uh, campaign. And you can look forward to it there. Uh, but you know what? Since you came up with the idea, maybe we'll just go ahead and send that one to you. Uh, <laughs> and uh, if you think, quote, man, I sure wish there was uh, more arm wrestling, end quote, I would recommend the Sly Stallone classic Over the Top, which I have never seen. And to clarify, I am reading the rest of the email right now. That was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was not the best uh, transition there. Uh, but Taylor just recommended Over the Top. Rick, have you seen Over the Top? I haven't, but I've, I've heard of it several times. I've always wanted to watch it. I, I'm a big fan of uh, Sylvester Stallone and 80s cheese movies. And I believe that sounds like an interesting his, one. I believe this is his famous cheese movie. Like, oh, yeah. The, no, it just well, one wrestling. of them, yes. But well, they're <laughs> yeah. all a little cheesy. But <laughs> this is, it's like all about arm wrestling, apparently. Yeah. And it, I I haven't seen it and I kind of like I think that'd be a very fitting like we, end to the Fast and the Furious marathon, oh even man. though it's not a Fast oh and the Furious movie. <laughs> what uh, <laughs> we might should do an '80s action hero uh, themed thing for a while. That would yeah, be fun. That I would think. be fun. Yeah, it, it could just be all Stallone movies. Right? All Stallone would work. All Stallone. It, you know, still we could do Stallone versus Arnold. We could simply you know, alternate Stallone. The two. Ooh, I do like that. <laughs> um, rest of the email. I also want to add that you guys are by far you guys by far started with the best sound quality of any podcast. I've listened to from the start. My ears, thank you. Stay opinionated, Taylor. Taylor, <laughs> thank you so much for the kind email. Uh, part of me wants to tell you that you probably should listen to more podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> but we really appreciate the kind words. It was something that we, you know, we're also really concerned with because we know that that can be a little rough for early podcasts with equipment. So we made the investment and hopefully it's paying off and hopefully we can continue to invest in get better at mixing and producing in the future. Yeah. But yeah, thanks for the email. Uh, Rick, what do you think our possibility is for doing over the top sometime soon? Uh, sometime soon? I don't know. We have uh, a lot planned for the rest of the year. and uh, But, you know, after that, we've got an open schedule. We might be able to squeeze something cool like that in. So. It's uh, pretty much like October. Yeah. We've got four, we got the four movies coming out right. in October. We do have some some other ideas that we've been batting around for uh, possible other series to start after that, though. So, you know, maybe you this, never know. Maybe, maybe we can get squeeze this one in between that, though. Maybe this could be our first uh, November podcast could be. over the top and you know that's sort of an in-between season before December which will probably want to make a Christmas theme season but Chris don't you want to do all the Thanksgiving movies that are out there <laughs> Oh, there's a, the only one I can think of, of is planes, trains, and automobiles. <laughs> that would be a good one. That actually would be, what are other Thanksgiving movies? I don't know. I, there, I think there's a Thanksgiving themed, like murder movie, but I can't remember if that's an actual thing or just a trailer that was in Grindhouse or not. 
Yeah, I can't remember either. And anyway, uh, Taylor, thank you for the email. And if you want to send an email to opinionated podcast, uh, you can shoot them to opinionated movie reviews at gmail.com and we'll take more suggestions. Also, just don't, you know, if you think about it, leave a uh, review on iTunes. That's a huge help to us and, you know, really helps boost our message and gets us motivation to do more podcasts. Absolutely. Uh, thanks, guys, so much. And uh, we'll see you on the next one.